Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Everybody, we are back. Want to apologize for not having an episode out last week. I was away in Pittsburgh, had no idea what was what was going on in the world of sports. Um, the Rolling Stones had had better performance at Heinz Field as of late than the Steelers have, in my opinion. So that's why I was away. Saw the Rolling Stones in concert, probably the last time that they'll ever like this will probably be their last tour here in the United States. Um, and then I also had some health issues going on as well in the hospital for a couple of days. So I also didn't know what was going on those days either, but we're back. We're here. We've got a juicy podcast episode. Let's get right into it. The national hockey league season is slated to begin tonight. We are in the regular season. So there's a lot, uh, a lot <clears throat> of new things going to happen. Obviously, new TV deal like has taken effect. ESPN, ESPN Plus, Hulu, ABC, Turner Sports. They're the new broadcast partners for hockey in the United States. Um, a lot of discussion coming up about how the new expansion team, the Seattle Kraken, is going to play. They play. They will be playing their first fit. First regular season game tonight when they head to Vegas. The Tampa Bay Lightning will also be raising their banner tonight as uh, they will try and start their defense for a third straight Stanley Cup against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, and then we have like the bottom feeders of the league, the team that we support. Uh, they don't play until Thursday, home opener against Montreal. But, sir, I'll let you take it away. Let's, you know, just dive right in head first into the hockey season. But let's pick our brains here. What what do you got? Talk, what do you got on your mind about it? All right. So it's always great to have hockey back. It feels like we haven't talked hockey in forever when it's really only been about probably two months in reality. So it's always nice to have hockey back, though. I mean, two great games tonight. I'm excited to see the Seattle Kraken uh, get their franchise kicked off with their first regular season start tonight. Only fitting that they're playing the most other most recent uh Team in the NHL playing Vegas Golden Knights, which will be a great game. Um, I'm excited to see what the Kraken can do this year because they do have solid goaltending in the back for me. So I think they're going to be a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. I think they might be able to make some damage in that division. But clearly, I, there's still those couple favorites that everyone's kind of looking at for another for the Stanley Cup this year. I mean, the obvious ones being the Tampa Bay Lightning going for a third time. Um, the Colorado Avalanche, I think, only got stronger over the offseason. And then you got <clears throat> Toronto, who wants to make a difference this year in playoffs rather than just having an, another first-round exit because I think they are also another solid team. Um, I do think the Canadians were a fluke last year, though, so I wouldn't keep my hopes up for them. But, no, it's always great to have hockey back. I mean, I can go into a million things on here with anything really about hockey, but I'm excited to see mine and your second-favorite team, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, get their regular season started tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I really do think the Blackhawks are improved a lot from last season as well, uh, bringing in a the Vesna Trophy winner <clears throat> in with Mark Andre Fleury and getting a healthy Kirby Dosh back and a healthy Jonathan Taze this year. I think they're slated to make some 
damage in their conference. But it is just nice to see all the teams get to play a full schedule this year instead of what we had last year with the COVID schedule, just playing teams within your division. Um, it definitely makes it more exciting. And they're thankfully back to the old playoff format as well, where you got the top three from the Atlantic, top three from Pacific, and so on and so forth, and then the two wildcard teams. So it'll be nice to have hockey back just at a regular schedule and seeing teams take their on the West Coast take their Western Conference road trips or their uh, West Coast road trips and vice versa. It's always fun to have those teams in town considering you get to see them only once a year. Um, that's if you do go to the games. But, no, I'm excited to get this season started, and I think there's a lot of really solid teams this year, especially down in Florida. Might have two of the best teams in hockey. Oh, yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, I am one – I, for one, am excited as well. You know, honestly, like you said, it feels like it has been forever – since we've talked about hockey, the only thing is, though, is I really feel like it's only been like about two months itself, but we really weren't talking hockey then. We were just kind of like, you know, you know, pretty much like, you know, letting our emotions out about uh, how dysfunctional the uh, hockey team that we support is. So not real hockey talk there. But yes, no, I'm excited for the season. Um, Going to have a couple good games on slate tonight uh, with the um, uh Lightning and Penguins, and then the Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm excited to see how uh, ESPN's uh, coverage, um, you know, come what their coverage is going to look like. It has been 17 years since they were uh, were broadcasting hockey. Obviously, they brought in a lot of familiar faces, as we all know. Uh, the same thing with Turner Sports. Uh, they will begin their regular season coverage tomorrow with a doubleheader. I'm excited to see how that works as well. Um, I do find it crazy that both of those networks have both the rights to the National Hockey League and the National Basketball Association in terms of broadcasting. So that is uh, so that's very interesting there. But um, no, I mean, like I said here, you know, we've got a lot of good talents around the league starting, obviously starting with the best player in the league, Connor McDavid. And then you literally just go down the line. You've got Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, Leon Dreisaitl, Kel McCarr. And then also you've got young talents like Cole Caulfield, Trevor Zagras. And then, of course, obviously, You've got great goaltenders in the league as well, like Andre Vasilevsky, Marc-Andre Fleury, Connor Hellebuck, you know, and even Philip Grubauer, too, who I'm not going to lie, I still find it very weird that he's on the expansion team. But, I mean, hey. They, they, had, to, they had the money he wanted. Hey, kudos to Seattle for pulling that coup. Right. Speaking, we all of thought goal, that, speaking of goaltending, I'm excited to see how Dar- – I think Darcy Kemper is a great goaltender. Um, he was on a – clearly a very crappy team being stuck down there in Arizona um, who probably won't be in Arizona in a couple of years, if I had to guess. Um, but I'm excited to see how he's going to be on a team where he's not going to have to face as many shots. And I think he might, he might make himself uh, probably in the contention for a Vezna trophy this year, just based on the fact he's not going to be seeing all that, those shots thrown at him being on the Colorado avalanche now, rather than how many he was facing every single night down in Arizona. So actually, I'm glad that you brought that up about Darcy Kemper and his uh, and his chances of potentially winning the Vesna Trophy. So he actually has a higher chance of winning the Vesna Trophy than his predecessor does, actually. So, of course, so looking at the odds right now that 
for the Vesna Trophy, Darcy Kemper is plus one thousand, and Phil Grubar is plus twelve hundred. So the odds, so the odds makers think that Darcy Kemper will prove out to be a good acquisition for the Colorado Avalanche and be a better goaltender than his predecessor. So, but that also is most likely because, well, Seattle is very unproven, and we know what Colorado is as a complete team. So. That could also be the case there. But I do find that interesting, and I'm glad that you brought that up there. But on an overall basis about the hockey season, like, you know, going into, like, how teams are going to, how we think teams will do and how we, how they won't do and everything, I will want to agree with you, obviously, about the cup favorites, the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And as much as I hate to say it, the Toronto Maple Leafs are our Stanley Cup favorite as well because of how complete their team is actually look, their team looks more complete now than it has in years past. In years past, like with the star power that they have, we I've always thought that they were too top heavy. But the thing is, though, is that now they actually look more balanced in comparison to the teams of the years past that I thought were too top heavy. And maybe because of this balance that they have, maybe they will finally be able to get out of the first round of the playoffs. I'm not going to say they're going to win the Stanley cup because I don't want them to win the Stanley cup, but maybe Leafs fans have something to look forward to this season uh, in terms of getting past the first round there. Obviously, Obviously, like everybody is wondering whether or not Tampa Bay will be able to go for a three-peat. Uh, a three-peat has not been done since <laughs> a three-peat has not been done in hockey since the 80s uh, when Gretzky's Oilers had their dynasty. So that with uh, that being I would say probably not because yes, this Tampa team is still a very good team but they definitely got a lot worse on their third and fourth lines. And as you saw in years past, that is why I'm not saying their superstars haven't won them the cup, but you saw their depth come into play. I mean, especially last year in playoffs. I mean, you didn't really get Nikita Kucherov was like, we, we talked about this last year. He was like hit or miss on the nights um, depending on the night. It was, it was, he was really hit or miss, but their depth really just stepped up for them. And they definitely aren't as, they aren't as deep as they were last year and the year prior. So I'm curious to see who come playoff time. I know that's a long, long time down the road from now, but I think that does come back to bite them in the ass. That doesn't take away though, from the fact that they are still a very good team. I just wouldn't put them as my cup favorites this year. No, I definitely agree with you there. I don't think Tampa Bay will be a cup favorites. I think they'll be up there, like top five, obviously, because like you're not really going to count out the defending champions before they even uh, before uh, puck drop of their first game of the season. So let's not so let's not get too crazy there. But yeah, no, they're definitely top five in my opinion. Like I think that the two, I think that the top teams in terms of being favorites for the cup. Well, met each other in the post met each other in the playoffs last season. Uh, were one of them was victorious, and then the other one, uh, what the other one lost in the uh, conference finals to Montreal. I think that Colorado and Vegas once again are the top two teams in hockey, uh, based on how complete they are, based on their depth, based on their coaching. Just two complete hockey teams. I believe that both of them will obviously be vying for the Stanley Cup. Obviously, only one of them will 
have a chance to make it out of the Western Conference, obviously. So that'll be an interesting battle as the season goes on. So another thing, too, is obviously, like, you really can't count. As much as it pains me to say this, too, you also can't count out the Boston Bruins. They always find themselves to be there uh, in terms of cup contention with who they have, you know, both on offense and defense. And obviously with Bruce Cassidy being a co- being proud, like you know, one of the better coaches in the National Hockey League. Basically but- that their reign within the next two to three years, we're going to see come to an end just based on their age because they are a team that is getting significantly older. Oh, yes. Well, thankfully, we won't have to be talking about the Boston Bruins being a great team in two or three years. But as for now, as you said, they are always, as long as they have <clears> – <throat> Bergeron on their lineup, and as long as they have Marshawn, they're going to be cup contenders. Unfortunately, yeah, Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak, of course, obviously the uh, the the fact that Taylor Hall is staying there too, obviously, will play into a factor there. Um, but you know, obviously, like what happened, whatever happens, happens there. Um, I mean. You know, one team that everybody talk, one team that people do talk about, thinking that they are cup favorite, that they could be cup contenders, uh, but they always somehow find a way to bottle it, is the Edmonton Oilers. But I've also always thought that if you take uh, if you take Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl out of Edmonton, they are a Western version of the Buffalo Sabers. I really, I still stand by that. So, but. We'll see how Edmonton performs uh, as the season rolls along and continues as the months go on. There, um, do you want to get in, you want to get in talking about our team? What do you want? Hey, to- Tom, are we, are we talking about the but we're going to talk about the team that should be not named or the Chicago Blackhawks because I have some thoughts on the Chicago Blackhawks this year as well. Okay, we'll go into the team that we'll go into the Blackhawks first, and then we'll ruin our mental health by talking about the Sabres. All right. So I love the addition of Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, Kevin. I do as well. Kevin Lankinen was a really great goaltender for them as last year as well. Um, clearly, they didn't finish the season how they wanted to, but they did put up fights last year, especially being as injured as they were. Um, it didn't really help. I mean, Kirby Dosh was supposed to be their number two center last year. He ends up missing the whole season because of his wrist. Jonathan Taze couldn't find a way to stay healthy. But I love the addition of Seth Jones for their back end. I mean, I thought Seth Jones in Columbus was a great defender. And I loved the move when they picked him up. I mean, they got Jake McCabe now as well, who I thought was great for the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo will miss Jake McCabe so much. I loved Jake. I, he was my – I honestly, he, I thought he was our best defender for the past three years. That's Buffalo. why I will say Buffalo will miss Jake mm-hmm. McCabe very much. Mm-hmm. And then they got Dylan Strom this year going to be their third-line center. I mean, this Chicago team is just going to be a very scary team to have to go and play, especially just that one. I mean, you see a lot of teams doing this in the NHL, but just that one-two punching goalie. But I think you look up and down their lineup, I'm not really seeing any not complete lines. I, I think there might be some, one of the strongest teams in that Western Conference this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if they could go on. They're going to, for sure, in my opinion, make it to playoffs. And it wouldn't surprise me if they actually made some noise in the playoffs, especially just with Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, they have that. I mean, he's won Stanley Cups. He's been there. He knows how it's done. Um, clearly, so is Jonathan Tays, Pat Cannon, a lot of this team. I think that once they get there, they're going to be able to make some noise in the playoffs. Oh, I agree with you on everything you just said there. I mean, they have a great combination 
not just in goaltending with Lincoln and, and Mark Andre Fleury. Like that's a great one-two combination right there in goal. But they have a great combination of youth and experience. I mean, honestly, like you've got Dominic Kubalik, you have Alex DeBrinkit, you've got Adam Gaudet. Like you've got young talent right there, obviously. Also Kirby Dosh, Dylan Strome. But then again, also like you mentioned, you've got Zeph Jones on the on the back line. You've got you still have Jonathan Taves and you still have Patrick Kane. So like that combination of youth and experience along with that goaltending right there, I think all they need, I honestly think like the chemistry is going to be there. And in my honest opinion, it's just going to come down to how coaching is, how the team is coached. I really believe that the only way the Chicago Blackhawks do not succeed this season is if Jeremy Colleton just coaches like shit. Like, honestly, I'm going to pull a baseball reference here. Like you have a team that has, talent youth experience like that and if he just somehow fucks up and becomes like an Aaron Boone type of coach that doesn't know what he's doing that that's the only way the Chicago Blackhawks fail but the thing is though is I believe that Colleton is is taking the team in the right direction obviously the moves that Stan Bowman has made as general manager they look good right now we shall see how the season goes like you said they do play the avalanche tomorrow night so that'll definitely be a game to watch. That'll definitely be a great game to watch there. Uh, what's nice about um, uh, following the sh- being what's nice about following the Chicago Blackhawks is now that ES since ESPN Plus, uh, while well, ESPN has part of the NHL broadcasting deal, the ESPN Plus took over NHL.tv. So I can watch all the Blackhawks games now. Yeah, that I, I mean, I, you're going to get to see basically every single out of market game this year for the most part. Uh, this, if you subscribe to ESPN Plus, which is a beautiful thing, considering in years past we've always got shoved down our throat. I, I feel like every single time I turned on NBCSN, it was like the Penguins playing the Washington Capitals. Which, don't get me wrong, it's always a great game. Um, but I didn't need to see. I would, I would rather see OV all the time. The, yeah, the problem was they never really showed any of the young talent. They never really put Connor McDavid on the national stage. They didn't really put Matthews on the national stage. They didn't put any of these young superstars on the national stage. And it just kills the ice of the game because yeah, as much as I love seeing Crosby and Ovechkin do their thing, I want to see that what new talent the league is having. And it sucked only getting to see that maybe three games a year. Um, if uh, That's excluding if they didn't make playoffs or when they played Buffalo. Yeah, oh, exactly. The only thing that sucks is I was looking at the schedules for, like, the nationally televised games on both networks. It kind of looks like the same a little bit in terms of, you know, not exposing a lot of – well, they are exposing a lot of the talent, like, the talent throughout the league, but they're not exposing – like, it kind of kills me. Like, I understand, like, we're U.S. broadcasters, but, like, showcase the Canadian teams a little bit more. Like, that's one thing that always irks me. Like – I mean, like, yeah, you've got, like, Ottawa, who's, like, we don't know, like, where they're going to be, obviously. Uh, but the thing is, though, is, like, you know, Edmonton, like I said, you've got the best player in the league on that team. You have another heart, you have another heart Trophy winner on that team and Leon Dreisaitl. That's Those are two top ten players in the league right there. The Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously. You've got John Tavares. You've got Austin Matthews. You've got uh, William Nylander. You've got, you know, you like, balanced team right there. Um, even with the Vancouver and Canucks, you have, even though they're kind of a dumpster fire in a way, you still have Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes and you've got other talent there. Uh, and then Winnipeg, and then Winnipeg is always a team that honestly, like they, they're not a team of superstars, but like they're a team that like you want to, like you want to watch because like they just play hockey, like they play team hockey and they always find ways to win like that though. Like it kind of like irks me that like the broadcasters like still don't do that in a way. 
but even but with the out of market games, like I'm glad that like I can be able to do that. Like because if I don't want to watch the Buffalo Sabres shit the bed, I have options now. Yeah, it's definitely nice. I mean, I try to watch as many Sabres games as I can a year. Um, typically in the beginning of the season, I'll be great watching every single night. As we get into the later stages of the season, uh, when we just start shitting the bed, it just gets hard to turn that on. So I'd rather watch rather watch good hockey. Um, and I guess we could jump into them now. Oh yeah, we can definitely I, jump into them now. Um, I, I thought our youth talent definitely looked good during the preseason. Don't yes. get me wrong; there is there's promise for the Sabers, especially under Granado. Um, he always has this team playing exciting hockey, which is nice to see because in years past, we haven't seen fun hockey from the Buffalo Sabres. We played a very slow defensive style game, I guess. And now under Granado, we actually, people are buzzing around the ice. Uh, we're trying to get into the offensive zone fast and we're trying to make plays happen, which is great to see. Our biggest problem this year outside of the whole Jack Eichel saga and what's going on with that is our goaltending. Our goaltending this year is going to be atrocious. Oh yeah. Our goaltending is going to be extremely terrible. I mean, you know, I mean, what really annoys me is like Craig fucking Anderson. Are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck are you thinking? And who, who, who's the, okay. I, yeah, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't even know who our backup is. It's not Dell. I know they sent him down. It's not UPL. I know they sent him down. Um, so who else is left? Who's left? <laughs> I, I don't know. You don't I, know. I, I thought for sure. I, I, what I thought they were going to do was keep it Craig Anderson on, on the Sabres just for his veteran presence and then bring UPL up so he could, Craig Anderson could like kind of coach him and help him through the ups and downs of being an NHL goaltender. I thought it's probably, this is probably the best time to bring him in now because clearly we're in a rebuilding stage anyway, so we don't care if we're winning games or not. Let him get out there and see the speed of the NHL game. Let him have a veteran goal. I mean, Craig Anderson, at year, like when he was on the Ottawa Senators, for years he was always a good goaltender, and now he's just old and can't do as much as he used to. But it will be great to have that veteran presence, just be able to help UPL being such a young goaltender, never really going to see NHL time yet, have him just kind of t- – coach him and teach him. That's what I was hoping that the Buffalo Sabres were going to do. But, oh, I agree wholeheartedly. Instead, they're just sending them down to Rochester. I mean, look at who look at who they all sent down to Rochester. I mean, honestly, like the Amherst, like with the young talent that they have, especially with the with the coaching staff that they actually have, like I believe that the young, that the talent will actually be there for the Amherst in terms of like their development and everything, and they can be a very good AHL team. But the thing is, though, is like who knows how long they're going to be down, out here in Rochester. And another thing is, too, is like who knows, like based on how the season goes, when they're going to get called up and when they're not going to get called up or sent down and vice versa. Um, I do want to steer a oh, little Dustin, bit. Off track. Dustin Tokarski. Tokarski, that's right. Tokarski. Okay, great. Our goaltending is going to be fucking Jesus Christ. All right. So we're going to. So, so the game plan for the Buffalo Sabres, everyone, is that they're going to try and score and just, just outscore <laughs> their opponent. Their, their opponents could score four, and what they're going to have to do is try and score five a game. Honestly. It'd be like a lacrosse game. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, though, is like the Bandits can actually win games. Let's go, Bandits. Let's go, bandits. Um, uh, I do want to backtrack just a little bit. I made a mistake. Uh, I said that the Lightning would try would be the third first team to three peat since the Oilers, Gretzky's Oilers. That was a mistake. 
the Islanders, Islanders. before the, the Islanders, the Gretzky's Oilers did not repeat. They repeated twice and then they lost in between. So I do apologize there. It was the Islanders from 80 to 84. But they, yes. didn't Gretzky, or didn't the, that Islander team, didn't they take down Gretzky's Oilers in one they of the beat finals? Gre- uh, they beat Gretzky. They went one and one against Gretzky uh, in the finals. So Gretzky, they lost the 84, and then the Oilers won in 85. They won in 80. Um, uh, they won in 85, 86. They didn't win in 87. They won in 80. Yeah, I made a mistake. They didn't three-peat. So that's on me there. We, never, we never said we're a perfect podcast. No, I did not, but I thought I should know something like that just based on that. But um, uh, going off uh, back to the, our garbage-ass hockey team that we support in uh, bu- good old Buffalo, New York, um, uh, like you said, the young talent is there. Um, you know, Granado, ha- Granado has them going in the right direction, honestly. I mean, they play exciting hockey, and that's honestly all I'm looking for this season. I, I don't expect much out of the, out of the Buffalo Sabres. I really uh, – I hope they settle, I hope they settle the Jack Eichel debacle soon. Um, he's been seen in Boston, hanging out with many many people on the Boston Bruins. He was attending Red Sox games, uh, and as they uh, went on, as they as they uh, were playing in the ALDS against Tampa. But the thing that kind of but so we know where Eichel is. He's nowhere. He's not in association with the team for for the most part now. Um, one thing that does kind of annoy me is how the whole situation has been handled. Obviously, it seems like maybe they're finally getting to a point where he will be traded, and then it's just a matter of what the return is and who he goes to. The thing is, too, with the return, there's definitely going to be some incentive in there with because whatever team he goes to clearly is going to be okay with him getting the surgery. But yes. I think it's going to depend on a well of what do we get and like what happens with the trade. Because there's definitely going to be something in there where if the surgery doesn't go great for Jack Eichel, something else is going to happen. Whereas we're not going to get, we're not probably going to get as much as we want. If something happened with the trade, I'd, I would assume it's going to be like draft picks or something because you can't really deal with players. So I'm assuming if we get like a draft pick, it's going to be based on if the surgery goes well or not. Kind of like, kind of like an incentive where like where where the team finishes when someone makes like a draft, like when they trade for draft picks, that type of thing. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. That's probably going to be the case there. I mean, obviously, you would want, like, you know, top prospects or top prospects, obviously. But the thing is, though, is, like, you know, who knows what will happen. We're not the general manager. We are only fans. Um, Thankfully, we're not as dumb as some Twitter fans are, so that's good there. But the thing is, though, is, like I said, I just want them to play exciting hockey. I'm not expecting them to do much. Um, I've seen on Twitter that fans have really low expectations of the team. They don't even see the team winning 20 games, which I think is just a bunch of bullshit because, um, I believe that they could definitely win 20 games. I mean, it's not, it's not that hard to win 20 games in the national hockey league in my, in a full season, in my honest opinion. But if they just play exciting hockey, get a decent amount of wins, given the city, given the situation at hand for the team, um, and everything that's going, and everything else that's going on right now with them, I'd be fine with that. I would be fine with that. They don't need to make the playoffs. Although, like you know, I'm always hopeful that they have an outside chance. But given the fact that they're back in the regular division, there's no shot that's happening. Obviously, because they're they have to play Tampa, they have to play Florida, they have to play Boston, they have to play Toronto. Those yeah. are pretty. 
those uh, those are the playoff teams right there, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, we got so we we got the shit under the shit with our division last year for sure. But um, no, I am excited though as well to see a lot of these players are going to be try, going to be trying to play their best hockey right off the gate because it also is an Olympic year. So a lot of these players are going to be looking to try to make their Olympic team this year. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Like I am excited for the Olympics as well. Um, the only thing that sucks is, is because of the Eichel situation. Who knows if you actually will be able to play in Beijing? I don't think he, uh, at this point, I think it's too late for him. Yeah, so we can't see him and Austin Matthews on the ice together. But we can see Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid on the ice together, which is, as much as it's hockey porn, it should also be very much illegal. And Canada will shit. And the only thing is, though, is, yeah, okay, Canada's obviously odds on favor to win gold because obviously NHL players will be allowed to participate once again in the off in the um olympics, olympics. Yeah, thank but the god thing, but the thing yes thank god is right they don't have to call but, me and you up to the national team this year <laughs> i can't skate you can play goalie i'm not i'm not i'm not large i'm not large enough sir no one said we were going to be a good no one said we we're going to be good at the olympics Jeremy. yeah but i'm going to get all the stick for allowing all those fucking goals and Blame you know, the on, on, a, on a real side, though, it will be fun to see the Olympics as well. It gives the players a nice break through the middle of the season as well. Um, but it will be fun to see Olympic hockey. I mean, clearly, me and you love watching the World Juniors, which is just like the best, the best youngsters of the of the countries. Now I actually get to see the best in the world going at it, so it will be definitely exciting. Especially if it's anything like the World Cup of Hockey was six years ago, whatever that was now. Five, uh, going on six now. Yes, the <clears throat> the 2016 World Cup of Hockey, which was on ESPN. That, <coughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, I don't. I'm good. I'm not sick. I don't have COVID. I'm good. Um, uh, but no, I am very much excited for the Olympics. Yes, the World Cup of Hockey, which was on ESPN's five, six, five, almost six years ago now. Very good. Very good competition. It actually gave insight as to why NHLers should participate in the Olympics. Again, thankfully, they're able to now. Um, honestly, like, you know, like I said, we get to see the likes of Austin Matthews and Sidney Crosby light it up for Team Canada. But the thing is, though, is like you also Connor have McDavid like a lot and Crosby. Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby. Did I say Austin Matthews? Yeah, you did. It's all right. Oh, it's all right. You know what? Who cares? Fine. I uh, can't have. I can't be perfect, obviously. <laughs> but um, uh, well, no, it would have yeah. been. It would have been really exciting to see Matthews and Eichel on the same team. It is really unfortunate that we're not going to see. I don't know. You brought that up already, but like, the, just well, thinking about those two on the ice together, clearly they wouldn't be on the ice at the same time, unless maybe for a power play because they both do play center. But still, those two on the same team, like with one of them centering Patty Kane. I, I, it's going to be a great Olympics because I think this is the best U.S. team we're going to be sending in a while. Well, what I was going to say, too, is, like, there's also a lot of other teams that have are going to have a lot of other players. I mean, look at yeah. Sweden. Look at look at Germany, even. I mean, yeah, Germany's Germany, going to make some noise this year as well. Germany's going to make some noise. Sweden's going to make some Rush noise. Is always good. Ovi gets to participate in the Olympics. You think you think Jager – oh, Jager's check. Never mind. Do you think Jager likes, uh, laces it up for the Czech Republic, considering he's still playing hockey? I mean, the Czech will be the Czech. We'll see. We'll definitely have to see like what happens there. That would be hilarious if he does, though. The man's like fifty. He's still playing hockey. 
I know that he's still playing hockey over there because he doesn't know he he's he's like he's like old WWE performers or old boxers. He's like Goldberg he doesn't going back up to he, the WWE. He doesn't know what to fucking do anymore. Like he just knows hockey. Like he doesn't know the <laughs> definition of retirement. Like he just like he doesn't. So that, that would be hilarious. But uh, no, Ovi gets to play for the. Uh, Olympic athletes of, from Russia or whatever they're called because they can't be called Russia anymore because of all the doping scandals. I thought that was just but, for the Summer Olympics. No, I think it's also for the winter. Yeah, boy. Didn't this happen four years ago as well? Weren't they called something else? They were called the Olympic athletes of, from Russia, yes. Why don't they, they call them something else four years ago? No, I think they called them Olympic athletes from Russia, but I we, <laughs> they can't be called Russia. Wait a second. <laughs> Aren't they the aren't they the aren't they the, aren't they the gold medalists? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, poor Ovi. That comes on to the Olympic gold medalists. Damn, that's funny. That's actually pretty funny. But back to the season. But back to the season, though. I do want to. I do want. I I do want to touch base about one more team. Um, you know, before we move on to a different topic, they are technically the defending Western Conference champions because of how crazy the playoff format was. The Campbell, the Clarence Campbell Trophy winner, Cup winners, uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Um, obviously, we all know that they are back in the Atlantic Division um, this season, which means that their road to the playoffs is going to be a lot harder than it was last season when they played all the Canadian teams. But the thing is, though, is like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how to feel, but I, you know, I, I, I don't know where to go with that with this team, honestly. I, I don't mean, think they make playoffs. Well, I, mean, I do, I, I do love, I do love the contract they gave Nick Suzuki, though. I, that was a great. Contract, I love the contract, yes. but I just do not think this. I mean, clearly we saw that they were outmatched last year against Tampa in the playoffs. I think it was kind of they were riding a hot goaltender, especially now since. Uh, Carey Price has stepped down from the team for uh, mental health issues. Yeah, um, he's going to be away from the team for a while. Yeah, he'll be away from the team for a while. So I just – I don't think the team makes plays. I mean, especially just being back in the actual Atlantic division, who's already so stacked. And then I, I, it's just hard for me to see them getting a playoff spot. I, I don't even think they can grab one of the wild card spots, to be honest. Oh, most likely not, honestly. Most likely not, honestly. I mean – because, I mean, I, I can name four teams above them right now out in their division. I mean, you got the Bruins, the Lightning, the Maple Leafs, and the Panthers, who's there. Exactly. Four right there. That's four right there. And then, of course, obviously, and then, of course, obviously, like, you know, you've got, like, the Hurricanes, the Islanders, the Penguins, the Capitals. The Rangers are going to be good this year. I the Rangers as well. I mean. I think so they we'll... I think they kind of left the Jack Eichel talks, though, with that contract they just gave uh, Zimbabwe. I think yes. I think they officially exited the Jack Eichel talk, so they are not a team that will be going for him. Just want to put that in there. You know what? I yes, I want to go off topic real fast. One thing I'm excited for this season is to see the great one 30 times on a broadcast this year for TNT. Oh yeah, I would love to see him dangle Paul Bissonnette so hard <laughs> during like a ha- during like a halftime report. It's gonna be hilarious. It'll be weird I to mean, see like those two on the same po- like the, the same type of like podium together. <laughs> you have the greatest athlete, the uh, one, one, the greatest hockey player of all time, one of the greatest athletes of all time, in Wayne Gretzky, and then on opposite end of him, you have Paul Bissonnette, who openly Bissonnette. talks about doing drugs on their YouTube videos. 
Yeah. Biz Nasty 2.0. Paul Bissonnette, you know, former Coyotes legend. Um, Spitting chiclets mastermind, practically. I mean, let's be honest. You know, medial mogul for Barstool Sports and their hockey coverage on the other end. So you have like two complete different personas there. I mean, you have Paul Bissonnette, who isn't afraid to say anything, who is pro- who's going to have to watch what he says, honestly. Like, I mean, obviously, he's he did. In- he, worked for, he worked for the Coyotes before. Yeah, he has worked for the Coyotes before. Yes. So, like, this is national, though. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this is national. And then you have Wayne Gretzky, who's just so sophisticated. And we never really it's get good. to see him do any, like, you don't really see him in the media ever talking. So, it'll be fun to see him in that sort of light. Oh, agreed. agreed. Thankfully, thankfully, TNT, though, uh, what they did say, um, from what I've heard, they did say to keep it like just, um, you know, how on NBCSN it was always about just like stuck up, like straight to the point. I'm hearing T- TNT is kind of gonna kind of want them to do what like Charles and Shaq do with NBA on TNT. They just want them to loosen it up and have fun. That's exactly what it's supposed to be like for TNT. That is exactly yeah. what's supposed to be. So that's what that's why Charles Barkley convinced Gretzky to uh, join TNT because uh, hey, if Gretzky can loosen it up with Paul Bissonnette going at each with each other, <laughs> oh my God, the ratings will be amazing. But no, I. I'm excited for the coverage. I'm excited to uh, see how the season plays out. Um, I'm excited to see how the Blackhawks perform as the season goes on once it begins. Um, I just hope the Sabres play exciting hockey. Um, Before we move on to something else, just want to touch base real quick. Who do you think wins the cup? I'm doubling down on my bet from last year, what I said last year. I'm sticking with my same dogs. I do think the Colorado Avalanche finally get over their hump and win their a cup. Okay, I'm going to agree with you on that one there. I think the Colorado Avalanche take the cup. Um, and I'm not going to say anything else after that because I last season when I said that they'll go undefeated in the playoffs, they proceeded to lose four straight to the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I, I'm loyal. I picked them when we did our when we did our uh, season preview last year at this time as well i yeah. picked colorado i'm doubling down on that that still is probably one of the worst takes on this podcast as you said they were going to go undefeated and win the stanley cup and that uh, just turned out to be a big oof on my just, head this is a tough look now looking back at it the houston texas are going to win their division so we're going to see how that plays out yeah we'll see how that plays out we'll definitely see how that plays out um uh, <laughs> who they beat in the final <clears throat> I think the Islanders. I think the Islanders are going to be the Stanley Cup finalists from the Eastern Conference. I really do think that this team, that Islanders team, might be one of the most boring teams to watch in hockey, but they are special. I agree with you there on that, but I'm not. I'm not agreeing with you on who they beat in the final. I'm gonna Sabres fans everywhere. You're gonna hate me for this. Leafs fans, if you listen to the podcast, you make your first Stanley Cup final. For the first time since 19-fucking-67. But you will lose to the Colorado Avalanche. I, still don't, I don't trust them still. Uh, I don't think well, they're deep enough. That's my, that's, my bold, that's my almost bold, bold prediction here. For a second, uh, I thought you were going to say the Sabres, and I was going to call you crazy, and we were probably going to stop this podcast. Oh, you, oh, that's, where you thought, want, that's where I thought you were going for a second. Oh, you want you want something here? You want you want something here? You want my you want a bold take here? You're going to say the Sabres in the playoffs. 
No. Ottawa will Ottawa will be a top twenty team in the league. All right, my bold take. I said I think I said this last week or no on the episode where we were talking about new new places, new faces. Um I I think I said I like the Devils' chances this year, and I do think my hot take for the season is that the uh, New Jersey Devils do make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay. Um, I've also got – yeah, no, that's my bold take. Ottawa will be a top-20 team in the league. Why why top-20? Because they're not going to make playoffs at that point. But why top 20? I'm curious. Because <laughs> they're not making the playoffs, think, but they I won't be complete. A good team. They just got to get their contract done with uh, – what's his face? I think he deserves whatever he's asking. Yeah. Um, Another hot uh, – let's see here. Another hot take, actually. The Vancouver Canucks will make the playoffs. I, I, I can make an argument for that, too. I Especially in that – the Pacific Division might be the worst division in hockey. Pacific Division is terrible. The only thing is, though, is like the Vancouver Canucks. They made some decent moves in the offseason, and they did something, and they brought, and they all like in terms of free agency. But they also brought back Quinn Hughes finally, and they also kept Elias Patterson. Elias Patterson, and I'm still upset at Montreal for not giving him an offer sheet. I wanted the chaos to happen. It did not fucking happen, but it's okay. Mark Bergevin, I don't forgive you. You fucking piece of shit. But speaking, it's okay. Speaking of the Canadians, did you see what happened uh, with the drama between the Canadians and the Hurricanes? We talked about this. How many ones? No, this no, no. There's more drama that added to it now. So oh. each team was like, you had to play six preseason games, right? Yeah. The Carolina Hurricanes played three. No one said anything about it, and supposedly someone from inside. It's it's not confirmed yet, but it's basically confirmed that someone from within the uh, Canadians organization told the NHL that the Hurricanes didn't play six preseason games like they were supposed to. Oh, that's great. I love that. That's great. I love the pettiness. Uh, oh, I love the pettiness too. I did not hear that. So that's actually pretty funny there. Um, all right. Let's go. Uh, I just want to ask you a couple of few, couple more questions regarding some awards here. Um, Hart Trophy, MVP. Who's MVP? In an 82 game season, you gotta go with you gotta go with McDusty, Connor McDavid. I, I think he puts up at least I, I'm gonna say he puts up 145 points. I was gonna say 130, but I'm going yes, 145 points. So I, I think it's hard to give anyone else the heart trophy. Fair enough. Yeah, no, definitely. Best player on the planet. I mean, honestly, like he'll carry Ed- him and Dreisaitl will carry Edmonton as far as they can go, obviously. Connor McDavid definitely will win the heart trophy. Vesna Trophy, who do you take in? Already, you already know my answer to this. Um, we kind of Mark Andre Fleury. No, we touched on him already. Uh, uh, what was that? I said Flurry. Oh no, 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 not Flurry. Are you going with Darcy Cumber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, yes, but- I we already, already touched on him. Um, but uh, yeah, he's my Vesna Trophy winner for sure. Uh, who was yours? All right, no, that's so hard because. Because the big cat in Vasilevsky is just so good too. He's, he's so good. Don't no. I mean, I mean honestly, like you know, Vasilevsky is the best goalie on the planet. He just has to have like a shit. I'm, I'm not gonna say a completely shit season. He's just gonna have to fall off a little bit. I mean, Vasilevsky probably will take it. But for shits and giggles, I'm gonna pick Connor Hellebuck. Hellebuck out of that, Winnipeg. That's not a crazy take because I do think I do think I didn't. We didn't touch on them at all. I, they're my favorite team. 
that made the – they're not my favorite team. I said I worded that wrong. They are the team in the offseason I had think made the best moves, and I really do consider them a heavy favorite to go deep in the playoffs. Winnipeg will make the Western Conference Finals. I, I can agree with you there. That is my hot take. That is another hot take. But, yeah, Connor Hallebuck, Pheasant Trophy winner, in I my like opinion. Um, and then uh, – But, yeah, I got to go with Darcy Kemper for mine, for the best. Yeah. Okay. Um, Calder, rookie, who are you going with? Who are you going with, and why are you taking Cole Caulfield? <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, I mean, there's really no one else from last year's draft that is going to be playing in the NHL this year. Um, so it's got to be Caulfield. I think Caulfield scores at least, I'm going to say, over 36 goals this year. I don't know if, he, I don't know if he hits the 40 mark, but he'll definitely get over 35. I'll go, he'll be over 35. He's not going to hit 40. Goal, 40. 40 goals, 85 points. I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he's gonna be a point. I'm gonna say he's gonna, he finished with 82 points, but I think he only he probably gets around 36 goals. Okay, that's fair there. That's fair. But yeah, there. he's definitely he's definitely gonna be he's definitely gonna be the rookie of the year. All right. Um. Uh, and uh, North Trophy. Oh, can I ask you one before that? Go ahead. Who's the worst team in the NHL this year? Who has the worst record? Who has the worst team in the NHL outside of Buffalo? You mean? So no, you're honestly, you're saying it's Buffalo. Well, I mean, it's probably either going to be Buffalo, Arizona, or Anaheim. I mean, all those teams look honestly like terrible. Um, uh, I, you know, honestly, I'm going to go with the Coyotes. I mean, they're just a. The Coyotes continue to be a dumpster fire of an organization. I really don't. Everybody thinks that Buffalo will like be last in the league, and I don't think they'll be last in the league. I think they, I don't think they will be last in the league as much as everybody thinks they'll be completely terrible. The Coyotes are a dumpster fire of an organization. They they continue to lose players left and right, and their own city even wants to dump them out because yeah. while well, they haven't paid their lease and they're not going to, so I believe the Coyotes will be the worst team in the league. I agree. Um, uh, right, so Norris so, Trophy, you said? Yeah, uh, and why? And why Cal McCarr? Other than you think he'll be probably the goat defenseman by the time he retires? I was gonna, I was gonna go with Victor Hedman. Oh, okay, I like that. Okay. I was gonna say, I mean, clearly, you know, my thought. We've talked about him before. Cal McCarr is gonna be probably the best defender in the league in roughly two to three years. Um, he's just gonna take over the NHL, but I think Victor Hedman gets it this year. Victor Hedman. Okay, I'm gonna go with Cal McCarr. I mean, it's probably it's probably gonna come down to those two in my in my opinion. But the thing is, though, as the season progresses, we always find dark horses along the way. So, yeah, exactly. so we'll see what happens there. But yes, I figure I think we got you know pretty much everything covered there. Um, let's go into uh, you know honestly, let's go let's you know, let's let's go into the other National League, uh, the National Football League. The, the NFL, you know, we had a good, another great week of action in the National Football League. A lot of juicy stuff. Um, and at the end of week five, it looks like that there is a new powerhouse in the AFC. It looks like that there is a new team to beat in the American Football Conference. And it looks like that the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert look like a complete team. Justin Herbert is a MVP candidate. The Chargers are just finding ways to win. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Browns. They barely lost to the Cowboys. Okay, I'll stop right now. Hey, about what, okay, all right. Let's, let's go into them beating the Browns real fast. 
I was going to, no, let me finish it. Let me finish it. Let me finish it real quick. I'll stop about the Chargers, everybody. The Buffalo Bills are the team to beat in the AFC, not just in the AFC East, but the AFC. I'll stop about the Chargers right now. I'm actually surprised you let me continue that long before telling me to shut the fuck up. Well, no, I knew, I knew, I I mean, I agree with you. I I do think the Chargers are probably one, like the two, like they're in the top two talk for the hottest teams in the, the league right now. Um, I just that call, that pass interference call might have been just as bad as that one in the Saints. What was it? The Saints Rams and playoffs. Oh, the, the NFC Championship game yeah. a couple seasons that, ago. It might have been as bad of a call as that. That was that that clearly changed the game. You can't say it didn't. That is probably one of the worst. It did. That was one of the worst officiating calls I've ever seen. It did. I still found it funny that the Browns carried Eckler into the end zone to try. Well, they wanted uh, the ball and- back. Yeah, and they didn't do anything with it. So, well, I mean, with uh, Baker Mayfield as your quarterback, I mean, I think I, let, let's let, let's start our conversation with the Browns real fast, because I think Baker Mayfield. I think the Browns might be having some question marks with him right now. I don't even want to get into Baker Mayfield right now. Why is Odell Beckham Jr. on that team? You traded for Odell Beckham Jr. to be a star wide receiver on your team, and you don't have any chemistry between him and your quarterback. He, I don't know why Odell Beckham Jr. is even having his talents wasted in Cleveland right now. He'd be better off on the shitty Giants right now. You, I, I have my thoughts on the Giants because I don't think you guys are as bad as people think, but we'll get to them later. We'll get to them later. But, but yes, I agree I, with you that clearly you see Baker, he does play better when when Odell Beckham isn't on the field. But I think the Browns are having questions is because clearly they don't trust him. It showed on their last drive that they don't trust him just to do what he wants to do and let him air the ball out. The Browns no, do they not don't trust, trust Baker Mayfield. And it shows they're having questions with who is the actual future at quarterback at that position. Don't get me wrong. Baker Mayfield is – I don't, I don't mean this as an insult because I know this is used as an insult sometimes. He is a great game manager quarterback. But yes. Baker Mayfield is hidden behind a, one of the best defenses in the league and a very, very, very good run game between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yes. You, he is yes. kind of hidden behind that, and it's obvious that the Browns don't trust him. So I don't know what happens with his contract come the end of the season because I'm not sure if they're completely sold on Baker Mayfield. And it, it showed in that last drive of the game against the Chargers. Well, my thing is about this whole thing, honestly, is Baker Mayfield. Uh, you're right about Baker Mayfield. He has a very good team around him. He has the best running back tandem in the league, and if, in my opinion. And I'm pretty sure anybody that actually follows football will agree with me. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, best running back tandem in the league. Nick Chubb is a top five running back. Uh, overall. Um, but the thing is though, is that, yeah. And they also have a tie. They also have one of the top defenses in the league too. They also have one healthy, obviously, um, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. Jarvis Landry. I mean, look at, look at that right there for crying, for crying out loud. But what really annoys me is that, yeah, they don't trust Baker Mayfield. He was your number one overall pick for a reason. He, he was supposed to be the guy to take your team to better fu- to a better future than what the Cleveland Browns or this version of the Cleveland Browns was normally associated with. They finally got in they got into the playoffs last season. They won a playoff game against their against against their rival the Pitts, well not their main rival but a division foe in the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. 
So looking at everything that happened in the, you know, after the end of last season, after that heartbreaking loss to Kansas City, they had promise coming into this season, or so we all thought. But the Browns, honestly, like, I just don't know what to make of them. It's like you said, it looks like they don't trust him compared to other quarterbacks in the league. Where especially compared to other quarterbacks in that draft. Well, I was going to say young quarterbacks in the league. The Chargers trust Justin Herbert. The Char- the the Ravens are trusting Lamar Jackson still. The, the Buffalo ben- Bills are trusting Josh Allen. The Bengals are trusting Joe Burrow. Okay, Joe Burrow's got the Cincinnati Bengals as a sneaky playoff contender. And the other three quarterbacks I just mentioned are MVP candidates as they deserve to be. Oh, and Kyler Murray in Arizona too. Another quarterback that uh, is an MVP candidate. And the Arizona Cardinals are 5-0. and so, Frogs. Cardinals, <laughs> hey, hey, the Cardinal, but below, you know what I'm saying? Though. No, I don't know. It shows between the quarterbacks you just named. I mean, you just throw Patrick Mahomes in there as well. It shows the trust Frogs. that the coaches are, they might be. Um, it shows that the coaches that of, the, of the quarterbacks you just named trust their quarterback, whereas Kevin Stefanski, I don't think, has full trust in Baker Mayfield. No, and he, especially that, fourth year in the league now, it would raise some question marks for me too. If if flip flops say the the uh, Buffalo Bills were in the position that the Cleveland Browns are in, I would have question marks about Josh Allen if the roles were flipped. Yes, I mean obviously the Buffalo Bills, well not the Bills organization themselves, but. Yeah, you guys were in the same place like like two seasons ago. You were wondering if Josh Allen was the guy at the end 2019. I won't say 2018 because no, I, he was only a rookie, but in 2019, you guys, you and he got injured too. You were wondering if he was the guy. Yeah, especially going into last season. Last season was a big question mark for the Bills because it was like, all right, if Josh Allen doesn't do anything, we might have to look back into the draft and kind of find what we can get while Josh Allen. And kind of now you have a legitimate MVP candidate as your quarterback franchise quarterback, which the bills haven't had since Jim Kelly and frauds. They, they didn't win a Super Bowl. They might be. <laughs> well, no, you, you get what I'm saying. Like you can see the, yes, you can yes. see the difference between a quarterback. You have complete, I mean, just take, I mean, we don't got to talk about Josh Allen. I mean, just Justin Herbert and what he's doing with those chargers right now. Exactly. The man has free reign over that Chargers offense. The The coaching staff completely trusts him. And I mean, look at them. They're four and one. They're leading the AFC West. Nobody thought that they would be leading the division. This is very true. They're leading the division. They're atop of the AFC right now, actually, in a three-way tie with the Ravens and the Bills. Oh, look at that. I mentioned three young quarterbacks who their who their coaches trust, and look at where they are in the standings. A quarterback, their quarterback isn't trusted, and where are the Browns in the standings? Yeah, they're th- um, uh, two, two and three or three and two. Dumb they're, question. They're three and two. They are with the Cincinnati Bengals right now. They're with the oh, Bengals. Okay, three and two in that division. Okay, so they're both three and two in that division. Okay, honestly, but looking at the Bengals, there obviously it's more more people. Obviously, Bengal the Bengals look like they have more. The Bengals should be four and one, but um, uh, and and they had this Bengals team coming into the season. You know, me and you kind of wrote them off as possibly just last in their division. The whole the whole world kind of wrote them off. Nobody expected the Bengals to actually be any good. I mean, you had Mike Florio and his dumbass saying Jamar Chase couldn't catch a ball. Uh, and I think, I think he was. I think he was just lying to us. 
I think I just, uh, I just think you wanted to lie to the league that we're not going to worry about Jamar Chase and now Jamar Chase is going to be rookie of the year. Oh yeah, Jamar Chase is going to be offensive rookie of the year if he continues to put but up these numbers. This Bengals team is very sneaky good, but I think it does come down to the trust that, that this team has in Joe, Joe Burrow. Granted, I think it comes down to the trust and the health. I think if yeah. Joe Burrow can stay healthy, then then they will be fine. Obviously, if anything happens to Joe Burrow, they're fucked. Well, clearly, I mean, you can look at any of these teams. I mean, if fucking Lamar Jackson goes down, sorry for the language, if Lamar Jackson goes out with injury, the Ravens are done. So, the Bills might be the outlier no, there. Just the because, Bills are the outlier because, because I can we have an actual starting, yeah, we have an actual starting quarterback who took his rookie season, took the Chicago Bears to the playoffs. Which I exactly. I don't think Mr. Trubisky is a terrible quarterback at all. Which I'm still surprised no one has came to the Bills and tried to trade for him yet. But I also do think that if Trubisky had to go into the game for the Bills, I trust Dayball's offense, and I think that is a huge, huge part and one of the the main reason that Dayball's probably gone at the end of the season to take another head coaching job because now I know he's like one of the favorites for the Raiders job. But I mean that it, it, it comes down to the offensive coordinator too. But the offensive coordinator and the quarter quarterbacks need to have trust in each other and you don't get that with the Cleveland Browns at all. No, you don't. Honestly, there's a lot of trust issues within the Browns organization. Like you have trust issues with Odell Beckham Jr. and the lack of chemistry he has with the starting quarterback. You have trust issues and lack of chemistry between Baker Mayfield and the coaching staff. Um, and the thing is though, is honestly another thing too is is like, you know, they rely on the run too much. They rely because of their lack of trust. They're, they're they are relying on the run game too much, and they are going to run Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt into the ground at this point if they actually don't figure out what to do with their quarterback situation in terms of trusting Baker Mayfield to actually air the ball out. I mean, I will bring this up too. It all doesn't didn't doesn't Baker Mayfield have like a torn labrum or some something like that? Shoulder problems too. Not that I'm aware of. You could be right. I thought he had. I know. I know the other quarterback in that division and big and big Ben Roethlisberger. I know he has like 27 injuries now. But I'm not. Yeah, sure, I'm not sure about Baker Mayfield. I think he's got like an injury problem going on right now too, and he doesn't want to get surgery. So that may play. That may be a play in effect. I mean, too. still. I mean, even if you look at last year, then fully healthy. They never really aired the ball out there when they needed. No, to. they didn't. They, they they rely heavily on Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I mean, the Chiefs are stupid for getting rid of Kareem. I, I get why they did. But yeah. Looking back at it, Kareem yeah, I mean, is he still belong, in the he league. Could in the league. Let's be honest. The, the NFL, as long as you don't smoke weed, the NFL doesn't care what you do. Hey, Josh Gordon is Josh Gordon's back. Chiefs. He's back. Uh, I was scared the other night when uh, he made. I think it was he made the first catch of the game for the Chiefs. I'm like, it's done. Josh Gordon's going off. The whole team's going off. Yeah, Josh Gordon. Yeah, no, yeah, no. That game was over at halftime. They didn't need to have. They didn't need the the weather delay wasn't needed. The game was over at halftime. But um, uh, no, seriously though, yeah, the Browns definitely don't trust Baker Mayfield. It shows, and that and that's why they haven't signed him to a contract extension yet. I mean, yeah, you can spin it however you want. Oh, they were waiting on Josh Allen. They were you, waiting on Lamar. How do you Jackson. think they're waiting on Lamar Jackson? Uh, I don't I, think they're waiting think, on Lamar Jackson. Do you think that? Maybe they ride with him for one more year, and then in two years, maybe try to draft another quarterback. Because I mean, I mean don't I'll... get me wrong, Baker Mayfield has—I want to say Baker Mayfield—but this Browns team under Baker Mayfield has found ways to win games. I mean, last year they ended their playoff drought; they won a playoff game. So I mean, clearly they're trending in the right direction. But I actually do think um, if they got a superstar quarterback, that they would be 
they would probably be competing with the Ravens every single year for the next couple of years now for the top of that division and possibly top of the AFC. See, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. And I've, we've had this conversation about Lamar Jackson, Lamar, uh, in, in, a, in a sense. I don't need Baker Mayfield. Honestly, like, yeah, it would be great if Baker Mayfield can have like 75% completion percentage and air it out and ball out for three, 300 plus yards a game. I, I mean, with who you have on that Browns team, honestly, especially with that running back tandem, just you just need a Baker Mayfield to find ways to win and be a good game managing quarterback, which I mean, like you had just mentioned, he is. So I believe that Baker Mayfield is the right one for man for the Browns. I think that the problem I, they I mean, won't win a Super Bowl with him though. I don't think they win a Super Bowl with their coaching staff. I, yeah, I, I mean, like the fans because the head coach there. I like him there, but the thing is, though, is like, as an owner, like, are you gonna stick with your coach or are you gonna stick with your quarterback? I mean, obviously, you'll probably stick with your coach because it's much easier to replace a quarterback than it is to replace an entire coaching staff. But the thing is, there is that that chemistry needs to light to actually like actually be compatible for them to be successful. I really don't think that because my my thing is is always this: when you replace a guy whether it be a general manager, a coach, a quarterback, a running back, and even in other sports, uh, and even in other sports, who do you find to replace them? There are not, there's not a lot of players in the National Football League that will want that you could replace Baker Mayfield with as the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. And at the same time, there are a lot of quarterbacks in college that we don't know how they're going to turn out because they're so unproven. So the Cleveland Browns, that's always a risk you take. The Cleveland Browns have taken that risk so many times with their quarterbacks. They, I mean, you can go down the line after you can go down the line after Tim couch. I mean, how many times did we ever see, how many times over the years did we see that Jersey where the, where, where the quarterbacks names just fall off the Jersey and he has to start using duct tape or whatever, like off the back, uh, off the back bottom of the Jersey. I mean, you go from like Tim couch. I mean, you have like, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you how many quarterbacks probably more than I've been alive. Uh, so well, I mean, the Bills taking... were in that same boat for a while as well. I mean, you go down, the list, you could go down a list of teams that have that same issue. Uh, well, I mean, they trusted Trent Edwards more than uh, and JP Lossman more. Can than, we not uh, talk about those two, please? <laughs> JP Lossman was supposed to be the next Tom Brady. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Sorry. Supposed okay, to be the next Tom Brady. I, I'm pretty sure was it him or Trent Edwards? One season we started out like five and zero, like. The ship's turning around, and I think we finished the season six and seven I'm and so, nine. I'm so bad at the math now because seven now, and nine, you guys finished. I know the team finished. Yes, I know exactly you, yes. what season you're yeah. talking about. First to worst in a matter of a season. I'll stop right now, though. You'll That's just, all right. I'll I mean, just, hey, it's it's it, a new, it was years ago. Thankfully for me, I remember those times. Unlike the fake Bills fans that we have now, but I'm not getting into that because I. Do. Oh, I'll get into that on our next topic. I'll right, get into right, that on our next topic. Can't wait to get but, into that because I'm going to go off. But uh, I'm going to go off. I'm going off. I got a lot of people I want to call out, but um, no, enough. I, enough of, I, I think we can move on from the Browns. I think we got our point about the Chargers. They're legitimate contenders in the playoffs. Herbert's a, a, a legitimate MVP contender too. Can we talk um, about I, how I was right about one team in the AFC West? 
Okay, I was how was I supposed to know that their head coach? It doesn't was matter that their head coach was fired. They were frauds anyways, and you know it. They, how just, am I lost, supposed they, just, they just lost to the Chicago Bears on Sunday. You said that they were going to beat the Bears. You were on the bandwagon with no, me. No, I so said, I said I, no, I, I don't think I said that. I'm pretty sure I said. You did. I said no, because I said yep, it's October. Yep, yep. I said, when I, if you go back and listen to the podcast, I said, wait for the Raiders in October. And guess what? In and then October, I also convinced you. October. I also convinced you because you said that they were playing the NFC East and the only team that they would lose to is Dallas. And then you saw that they were playing the Bears and the Lions. And then oh, you're you were right. like, I, did, I didn't say they might beat. I didn't say they might beat the uh, Bears. But guess what? What did I say about October Raiders? <laughs> guess what? Look at this. They're 0-2 in October right now, and they are frauds, and you know it. And now they don't have a head coach, which is the worst time to lose a head coach, right in the middle. Well, of the I mean, season. how, how so are we all supposed to know that? But How were we supposed it, to know that the rate head coach is a this, fucking racist it, fuckhead? We can blame that on the Washington football team for treating their cheerleaders. Oh, I want. Shit. I'm waiting for. I want everything released now. By the way, I want that team in Washington you know fucked up. Yes. No, I know they they're not going hurt, to. They, the NFL is want to hurt their owners. Clearly, we know of at least one other owner in the NFL who is going to be racist, like John Gruden was. Um, I mean, he, no, was emailing, because... he was emailing the guy. So clearly, you know, at least one of them, but the NFL won't release it because I'm sure it links in a lot of other GMs. Because, and the, and because the NFL will shoot itself in the foot exactly. then by the they time they release everything. Exactly. They no, I know do they don't want to do that because you know who they're going to be. I know we're going off topic here with this. Um, uh, and but we'll go back to the topic there. It's a tired conversation for the week we're in the NFL, so we might as well. We might as well. Yes. No, I know. No, because you know where they're, you know, because in terms of it, if they ever, if they were to actually like release everything and, you know, continue their investigation and actually decide to like, you know, investigate all 32 NFL teams, you know, what team will be fucked the most in my honest opinion. Take a Cowboys. Oh, hell yeah. That old man is fucked. That old racist perverted piece of dog shit Jerry Jones would be fucked because we all know deep down he is not the happy go lucky happy go lucky owner that he is. You mean to tell me that that man doesn't have a racist bone in his body? You're lying through your goddamn teeth. He that team would be so screwed. And I mean, like you do. That's why the league does not want to investigate any and continue like release anything that they find. Yeah, they're going to release what they find in the Washington football team investigation because they've been having they've been going after. Dan Snyder for years, but they don't, if they ever were to continue this investigation into a league wide team wide investigation, well, they won't do it because you, you are going to bring in, I would say probably every team from the NFC East. At oh, least, no. at least at the minimum. Well, what what I was going to say is, is like, there's a lot of own the commissioner of the national football league works for the owners. So that's definitely not going to happen. Like I said there, exactly. but the I thing mean, is they're, too, they're it, trying to hide because the, they want to save the NFL wants to save their face. The NFL wants to save itself, but at the same time, like the teams that would get exposed are teams that a lot of people like talk about the Cowboys being one of them. Like you're not going to want your so-called darlings of the league to look like well, a bunch of you don't want America's team to be racist. Well, I mean, Jerry Jones is, and he's well, I mean, also a perverted I, fuck. Well, but, I mean, everyone but, knows that, but they're not going to yeah, do anything about they're, it. They're not going to do anything about it because they, they're not going to show anything that says that he is. But, yeah, no, they're not going to do anything about anything other than the Washington football team. You know, I'm, I am upset about the Raiders, though. I mean, I thought that they actually had a legit chance. They beat Baltimore. They beat Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh won this past week, so I'm like, okay. And so, uh, but – and then they – they they won three. No, I mean they they probably should have lost the Dolphins, 
uh, based on that come based on that game. Um, but they just completely shit the bed against the Bears, and it did upset me a little bit. And I'm just like, why? why told, you should just listen to me. I, I'm right a lot. I'm right a lot. You're right a lot. I'm right. Really? A lot. I'm, I'm right a lot. You're right a lot. Okay. I, 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 I told you. I told you. I'm 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 is making going to fall apart. Out of Philadelphia 76ers winning the winning the NBA Finals this year. We're not talking about the NBA right now. We're talking about NFL. <laughs> Got you. Um, uh, but no, seriously. No, they're no. not. Uh, the, uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't even know who won the NBA title this year, so I don't even care. Um, no, yeah. I know you don't, but you said the 76ers would when we did that, when we were talking about Okay, basketball. sorry, I was wrong. You <laughs> all, remember what you said earlier in the podcast about the – I admit it. I was wrong. I don't care. I, I mean, clearly, I was wrong too. Hey, I mean, it is what it is. Milwaukee Bucks one. Um, uh, but um, uh, where were we? Okay, where were we? Okay, actual football teams. Um, uh, no, you said you want. I don't want to go on and go in on every team in the league, honestly, because like we kind of know like where like the league stands, honestly. Um, for the most part, who the contenders are, who aren't the contenders. I do kind of think, though, because uh, we missed last week's podcast, um, I do just want to say that, so you know how last Sunday night was Brady's homecoming, whatever. Um, yeah, two I, Sunday nights ago, yes. Yeah, two Sunday nights ago, sorry. Um, so I think, to me, that game didn't show more that the Patriots were a good football team because that's what a lot of people were taking from the game. It was like, oh, maybe the Patriots are pretty good because they held with the Kevin Buccaneers. I see it opposite as where the Buccaneers might have more problems than people are saying with their team. No, especially, especially because they only have one touchdown going into the fourth quarter against the Miami Dolphins this past week now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have problems on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. They cannot rely on their offense all season. Their offense will carry them as far as they can go. But the thing is, though, I mean, if they're, go- if they're going to go into a shootout, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers nine times out of ten. But the thing is, though, is like if they're playing a team like they played the Los Angeles Rams and how they lost to them, the if they Bills. play, yeah, um, we'll we'll see what happens when they go into Tampa um, uh, uh, in in a few weeks. We'll see what happens there. But the thing is, though, is if they play legitimate Super Bowl contenders, uh, I will say this: like you know, that will be a very good game against the Buffalo Bills. We'll see what happens there because the Bills have a great offense and they have a top and they have the top right, defense clearly, in the league too. Clearly, I didn't make I didn't say anything about the Bills this week with the Chiefs game because, and I don't really want to touch that because clearly, yes, it's a great win. Um, Chiefs are frauds. It's a great one against any team under Patrick Mahomes. Though, I would not call a fraud. Chiefs are frauds. Um, but that Chiefs team might have the worst. Like uh, how I see it is, the Chiefs have probably the worst defense in the league. Granted, they do have injuries right now. But they have one of the worst defenses in the league, and it was only week five of the NFL season. So I don't want to get too hyped up, like saying like clearly it would be nice if the Buffalo Bills ended up getting home field advantage all throughout playoffs and having a first week bye. That would be great, but it's still only week five. You, the Buffalo Bills, have the easiest schedule in the league. After uh, the the only other after, tough team we face is the Buccaneers because I don't think Tampa. That yeah, yeah yeah I don't think Tampa. I don't think the Titans are anything good. Um, and that, that, uh, yeah, we really don't have to like, other than Tampa is like kind of a breeze to the playoffs. I mean, after we play the Titans this week, clear coming up Monday night, going to a bye, then we come back with the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Jets, and the Colts. Yeah, I mean, the Colts bottled it again. I mean, the Colts showed promise against the Ravens, but they ended up bottling it last night on Monday Night Football. I don't think, yeah, I just think Carson Wentz is the issue. 
there? Um, I think that the Colts have a lot of issues. Um, they're definitely not making the po- definitely not making the playoffs, in my opinion. The only thing is, though, is the AFC is so weak. Who the hell knows what can happen? You're right, though. The Houston Texans might make the playoffs. <laughs> hey, hey they're, mean, second, they, they're second in their division right now. Hey, I mean the Raiders are three and two. I mean, yeah, it's October, but who knows? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, never I'm, not never. Writing, I'm not writing them off. I, I really do think the biggest surprise of this year, clearly everyone knows, is just the Chiefs being three and two, two and three. That's yeah. Sorry, I read that back. I think that's the biggest surprise. The Chiefs. I, I I'm not. Yeah, honestly, I'm not gonna. I'm not surprised, honestly. I mean, going into the season, like the Chiefs, like really didn't improve anything on their defense, and their defense was ter- their defense. Was, I'm saying defense, like I'm talking soccer now, but their <laughs> defense was terrible going into the play, like going into like towards the end of last season, and it showed, uh, and it and honestly showed. I mean, I in reality, I mean, the only reason why they made it to the Super Bowl was because, well, cle- well, they got lucky with Chad. They got lucky with Chad Henney in the divisional round. They, the only reason why they beat Buffalo was because, well, Buffalo made it the red zone five six times and only scored two touchdowns. Kansas City made the red zone f- six times and scored five touchdowns. That's what it came down to there. That was coaching. That was play calling uh, and there. But then when they met Tampa in the Super Bowl, Tampa's defense, which is a shadow of, a shelf, a shadow of itself this season, lit up Mahomes and the Chiefs, on, uh, lit up the Chiefs, and then the Chiefs de- – and then the Chiefs – like, they're – the Chiefs offense got figured out that so in my opinion Buffalo played a complete game against the Kansas City Chiefs figuring out how the Chiefs offense works what did I say what did I say two weeks ago on the podcast too as well I said I said look at the teams that have beat the Chiefs already this year shut down Tyreek Hill and you win the game shut down they shut down everybody the Bills didn't shut down everybody granted but yeah shut down Tyreek Hill and I agreed with you yeah and I mean look what happened again so I mean like clearly, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. I don't take anything away from that, but I think Tyree Kill being as dynamic as he is just opens up that offense so much more. Whereas if you can kind of shut that down, he really relies heavily on Travis Kelsey, who's also shut down this week, so they had to go to uh, Nikhil Hardman. Yeah, Nicole Hardman, and then he got shut down, and Josh Gordon was pra- – he only had that, like, one catch. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I stopped – because of the weather delay and everything, and the game was so out of hand, I turned it off halfway through the fourth quarter. I mean, uh, the Bills were going on that long drive, and they ended up scoring a touchdown, uh, I I believe. Um, and I just turned it off after that. I'm like, this game is definitely over. The Chiefs have no chance of coming back. There's no point in watching the rest of it, honestly. I mean – they played a complete game from time, from start to finish. Um, the the defense the, the Bills defense showed why it's the best defense in the league. Uh, in my honest opinion, probably better than the 2019 Bills defense. Um, the only thing is though is um, just gotta make sure that everybody stays healthy in the secondary because, in my honest opinion, the secondary depth could be a little bit better than what it is currently. But, I mean, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's working. So just keep doing what you're doing. The Chiefs, they have a lot of problems on, they have a lot of problems on offense uh, in terms of, well, I think the league, I think teams are starting to figure them out. They watched the tape from Tampa in the Super Bowl, and Andy Reid and the coaching staff have not made any changes. And that's on Eric Bieniemy there, the offensive coordinator, thinking that they can get away with just having Mahomes do Mahomes magic. And, and you know, they're missing their starting running back too for the next for several weeks, at least three weeks. It was put on IR. And yeah, Edwards Hilaire, who is, will now, I mean, that takes away the dynamic of your offense as well. Granted, he hasn't had the best season this year, 
But I mean, it's he's a great running back. Oh, a hundred percent, great running back. So yeah, no, I, I, the Chiefs are done. The the Kansas City Chiefs are done. They're not winning the division. They are not winning the division. The Chargers and Herbert, they are too good right now. I mean, yeah, it's only week five. I don't care. The Chiefs are done. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. If we did the podcast last week and I, and we didn't do it, I was going to say don't write them off until after the Buffalo game. But now that the Bills just completely dominated them in embarrassing fashion, I'm writing the Kansas City Chiefs off for the season. I think they're done. They're not They're not winning the division. They may not even make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, they'll probably make it as a seventh seed if they're lucky. Like you said, the AFC is, the AFC weak. is very weak. Um, so if we went down the line, clearly I would say Bills win the AFC East. Chargers win the AFC West, then you probably got Ravens win the AFC North. Ravens, win the, I could honestly see three teams coming out of the AFC North. Definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, I, I, and think, I think I think, the, one of them. I think the Broncos. You relax. <laughs> uh, I the think Steelers the Broncos. Be one of them. Broncos are. I don't think the Broncos are a good team. They're no, like they three and two. They have a great defense, but that offense just has so many question marks. Especially with who's on their center and Jacoby Brissett. Um, Jacoby Brissett is uh, for the Dolphins. You mean Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know why I said yes. Thank you for correcting me. Um, okay, all good there. But no, because I don't like. I think everyone in the AFC South sucks. Hey, your Texans may have a chance. They they do because I the Titans aren't as good as they usually. Granted, they have had issues or injuries on their offense. They um, lost to the Jets. They're frauds. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't think the Jaguars win a game this season. The, the Jaguars suck. will be one of two. The Bill. The Jaguars will be one of two teams not to win a game. The I would Lions just like to not, point out they have lost um, since they tweeted out that uh, for their for their win week one last year. Uh, they tweeted we're not done yet. They are zero and twenty. Zero and twenty. Twenty game. Zero twenty one now. Yeah, the only the second team in NFL history to have a twenty game losing streak. Oh, no, own twenty, yeah, yeah. Ever oh. since they tweeted that, they're own twenty, and I really do think they're going to. I don't. This team has to win a game at some point. I mean, um, they play the Dolphins this week. After they, they play Urban they Meyer, if if they don't beat the Dolphins this week, I don't think they win a game. After they fire Urban Meyer, they'll fire Urban Meyer halfway through the season. I think they'll fire Urban Meyer after the trade deadline because, let's be honest, he's not fit to be an NFL head coach. Can I talk about him real fast? Oh, he's the luckiest man on the face of the planet right now because of the John Gruden scandal. Well, no, I'm just saying I would like to call out 85% of uh, college coaches who said they wouldn't take Urban Meyer as their coach. I would like to call 85% of you liars because I think every single one of you, especially in schools that aren't like really national championship caliber yet, you would love Urban Meyer as your coach. So 85% of you are liars. I would like to give a round of applause to the 15% that said yes, they would take him because I mean, I'm sorry, like what he's done clearly, it, he should have went back on the team plane, whatever. Um, you, if, if a coach comes to you and has national championship pedigree under his belt, you're going to want him at your school, especially a college school where national championships mean everything. Exactly. Exactly. Urban Meyer, great college coach, terrible NFL coach. Uh, I think, I think the only reason he came the to the NFL, only reason he came to the NFL though is because Mike. he saw well that. But I, I'm thinking he kind of saw 
the Jags had the first pick and he kind of wanted to develop Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and that's a terrible idea because he drafted Travis Etienne too, and he is not playing this season because he got he tore his uh, Achilles in training camp, I believe. Yes. So yeah, like I said, terrible NFL coach, great college coach, human being still left to be undecided, but we'll figure hey, that he, out. He, by he, he, he was just trying to get his mojo back. He thought maybe if he goes out, they'll win a game next week. Yeah, they'll win a game. Yeah. So 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 when they go to London next week against the Dolphins, is he taking the team flight back to Jacksonville or is he going on a night on the town in London? Um what what is gonna happen is Urban Meyer's already told the uh front office of the Jaguars he doesn't want to be there anymore. So we're gonna wait one more week. They're gonna fly him over to London. Um they're gonna Oh, they're gonna keep him there. They're gonna fire him so Urban Meyer can stay there because he probably wants to go get his go get his grind on. And uh, <laughs> the team's gonna fly back. He's yeah, they're gonna fly just, back. Yeah, hey, just needed his mojo back. The wife, yes, yeah, so, wife gave him the go ahead. She said, "You go out, get the mojo back." He went and got the yeah. mojo back. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal are gonna fly. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal are gonna fire McCullough. It's gonna be, it's gonna be like a like a Ted Lasso situation. Ted Lasso <laughs> situation. No, no. Ted Lasso is a great show. Don't you dare compare the great. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's gonna be Ted Lasso, but it's gonna be like an NFL coach is going to co- coach football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crystal Palace are going to fire Honestly, I think might be better than McAllarada. <laughs> Crystal honestly. Palace are going. Yeah, Crystal Palace are going to fire McAllard, uh Patrick Vieira, and they're going to replace them with him. With or player. even better, <laughs> even better. I know we're talking about them later in the podcast. Newcastle, Newcastle would be like, you, you come on. Uh, I don't think new. I don't think he knows where Newcastle is, and I don't think anybody wants him. I don't think Newcastle would want him. Well, Actually, no. The money they have, they don't need a manager once they buy Messi, Ronaldo, and the whole world. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, Jacksonville, they're fucked. Uh, Detroit, they're not going to win a game either, in my opinion. MCDC, I feel for you, my guy. I do. I love Dan Campbell as a head coach. I hope the Lions. The huh? He cried after the game. After the they, I feel bad for Lions yeah, as, as their fans. They I deserve, they deserve fans. to win that game, but this is they deserve is, to win against the Ravens. This is the proper if you're gonna like if you're gonna if you're a team that wants to tank, this is the proper way to tank. They're competitive. They have been in most of their games this season. Um, they should have beat. They're not a horrible team. No, they're not. They should have beat the Vikings this week. Like you they said, should they should have beat the Ravens. Um. I, they well, yes, they played a great game against the 49ers, who the 49ers just happened to have a hell of a game in week one. Um, I mean, if it, did, if it didn't rain, they could have beat the Packers. No, I've not. Aaron Rodgers owns the Lions. Also, I mean, the Lions and Lambeau really don't have a great track record as of yeah. late, anyways. So. That was just a loss, and that was just a loss of not by how it was not just a loss, but it was a loss of by how many. So um, there's that there. But um, let's see. I really don't want to go in. Uh, I don't want to go into the. I don't want to go into the NFC South because we know who the team to beat is there, and we know who the frauds are. Um, I don't want to go into the NFC West because, well, the Seahawks are frauds in my opinion. Um, Russell Wilson is out for God knows how long because he dislocated his finger. And my fantasy team is also fucked because of it, because I had him as my fantasy quarterback. Now I'm going to need to find a quarterback because I'm not putting Trevor Lawrence in as my starter. There's no fucking way that's happening. I I trade away Christian McCaffrey today. Really, you traded away Christian McCaffrey. Really? Yeah, for uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Brown. Is AJ Brown healthy? Did he play last week? No, but he's coming back this week. No, he he's played coming. last week. 
He played Julio last week. Jones okay. Still missed last week. Yeah, no, I've got Julio on my team. It kind of disappoints me there that he's out too. Um, Panthers uh, are also I, frauds, by the way. Panthers are frauds mainly because, well, yeah, they lost to the Eagles. Sam uh, Darnold's the same Sam Darnold from the Jets. Well, I mean, the Eagles actually just had a masterful game plan. So was the we, but yeah, they look like frauds right now. Jalen Hurts, uh, year two bust. The Eagles are the Eagles. I mean, yeah, Jalen Hurts. I mean, who knows what the Eagles are going to do? I mean, they're an incompetent. I am being a little bit biased as a Giants fan, but I'm not at the same time. They're just an incompetent organization. They fell yeah. from grace after that Super Bowl victory. Um, I, like I, don't really- talk, I think you're Giants, so I, I really do think, well, I don't know about now because Saquon is going to be out. We are the unluckiest team in Daniel the league Jones right now. Daniel Jones is going to be out now. Yeah, you guys are. You, you, most of your offense is injured. You guys haven't played bad this season, in my opinion. Granted, that loss to the Falcons was really the only time I really saw you guys play bad this year. So what really annoyed me. I think you guys might be the best one and four team in the league. (laughs) Yeah, we are the best one and four team in the league. So what annoys me about the Giants is we should have three wins. We should have three wins. If Darius Slayton didn't drop that pass against Washington, we win the game. If the Giants had better clock management against the Falcons, we win that game. Then we beat the Saints, who are obviously frauds because they lost to the Giants, uh, who are in the NFC East, as we all know, and that's a terrible division. Um, but then they go into Dallas. I actually had hope going into this game, going into this game against the Cowboys. I really did. I thought that they always play the Cowboys tough. I thought that maybe like, okay, yeah, Dallas, like, yeah, the offense is good, the defense is improving. But the thing is, though, is like. I really had hope going into the game. Then, obviously, Saquon gets injured. His ankle, who we, he's gonna be out for a for a, for a week or two. Daniel, then Daniel Jones gets injured, and that honestly, like, kind of crushed me a little bit because I'm like, damn, yeah, because he has been, he has been playing very good football this season, and it really upset me because, and what kills me is it was a helmet to helmet, and I, I'm like, where the fuck is the flag? You know, um, are they not going to throw a flag for helmet to helmet hit? Like, you know, the guy can't walk, and he couldn't. Like, he stumbled. Like, he actually, like, his legs, like, actually, like, shook. Like, and he's almost stumbled to the ground. Like, he's in concussion protocol. Kenny Gall- Kenny Galladay uh, was also out. Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard were out before the Dallas the, the Dallas game. Uh, they may be coming back next week, but the thing is, though, is like they're like we're just unlucky. It's gonna be a long season. Um, I just want to go on the record here about the team, sports teams I support. The baseball team I support was ass. The football team I support is injured and also ass the hockey team i support is going to be ass let's um, well, not i don't want to the red sox clinton the red sox are going to the alcs and i really don't want to go into that i just want i i just want to uh call out paiska for being a fun speaking of frauds uh we'll go into that later though but uh now let's see here um i bat, nba don't really have a team um, but and then the soccer team I support, they are ass right frauds. now. Not frauds, ass frauds. right now. Uh, your team's a bunch of frauds. Although I will say that two-two draw against City was very entertaining. But uh, do you have any other fi- other thoughts on uh, and the uh, and? Oh no, actually, you do have f- other thoughts. 
we wanted to start calling people out. And we're going to start with Buffalo versus the national media. I just remembered that. You oh, yeah, were- I mean, Chris Collinsworth couldn't have been riding Patrick Mahomes' dick any harder throughout the whole the whole game. The game in the entirety up until the final whistle was blown, Chris Collinsworth was convinced that Patrick Mahomes was going to come back and win this game. He literally – he should be his girlfriend because how hard he was dick riding him throughout this whole game. I mean, if you guys watch the game, you have heard it. You, I, mean, you I was watching it. the game. I was. I was following along on Twitter fan. as well. You watched it as an unbiased fan, and you saw how Chris Collins were, was just – I mean, it happens every single time the Bills play in a national stage game. I remember, what, two years ago when we played Dallas on – when we played Dallas on uh, Thanksgiving – it was nothing that the Bills were doing right. It was everything Dallas was doing wrong. Well, that's because you had Tony Romo calling the game, and of yes. course he's going to suck the team, suck the dick well, of his yeah, former I team. Mean, and then it was nothing that the Bills were doing right. It was everything that the Chiefs' defense was doing wrong and how Mahomes just couldn't get it going because his offense wasn't doing anything for him. But it wasn't just Josh Allen being dominant in the game. And the defense ended up – because I always had question marks about our Bills' defense because I'm like, we have played nobody so far this year. So what is this team actually defensive wise? And I think this was a statement game for them. And I think we probably have one of the top five defenses in the league. Now you have the best defense in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. And it was nothing that the Bills could do. Yeah, exactly. You are, but it was nothing that the bills could do. Right. It was everything that the chiefs were doing wrong and how they're not helping Patrick Mahomes. See, I'm unbiased. I'll admit it. See, I only act biased or I only, I shit on, uh, I told you this and I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I don't hate the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I do some, I do support the team. Like, you know, and I do support the team. I, you know, and I wish, and I, and I'm glad that the team is doing very well. The only thing about we, you know, what bothers me the most, it's all the fucking fake bandwagoners that know nothing about the game. And Especially they just all the people that I've known that have never watched football in their life until the Bills have got good. Granted, whenever your team gets good, you're going to have the bandwagon fans. It's fine. Whatever. Yes. But it's everyone who acts on social media, how they, about, they know about the whole team. When they no. knew how we and you were just talking about Trent Edmund or Trent Edwards and J.P. Lossman, how yeah. they didn't sit through that while I was miserable every Sunday watching football because the Bills I mean, didn't do anything. I mean, yeah, we suffered. And growing up in Buffalo, like we suffered through blackouts. That's how I became a Giants fan was because I watched the New York Giants more than I watched the Buffalo Bills. Because when the Bills games were blacked out because they weren't selling out, they would put the Giants on because that was they would put the Giants on. Whether it was they would put the Giants on Fox. They would also have like the Jets or Patriots or Steelers on CBS. Like when those Bills games got blacked out at home because they couldn't sell out. Obviously that's not a thing anymore uh, because of government regulations and everything. But Another thing, too, is is like because the Bills were terrible, I don't know about you, but me living in, I live, living in the falls, like a border town, I actually have my parents, like our house, like they actually had two Canadian TV stations that they had that they were able to watch, uh, CTV and CBC. That's how I was able to watch. That's how for so many years I was able to watch Hockey Night in Canada on CBC. But then also on CTV on Sundays, like – if the Bills were playing at the one o'clock game or whatever, four o'clock game or whatever, CTV actually showed games. And nine times out of ten, it would be the Giants game. Yeah, and you'd have to cr- listen to them on radio. Like we would listen to, we were tuning to five fifty, and we would listen to the games because we couldn't yeah. get them on the TV. Not even five fifty. It was ninety seven Rock at the time. That's right. I forgot about that. Ninety seven Rock used to oh, be that's, the voice. That's throwing us. it back. 
<laughs> 97 Rock used to be the voice of the Bills. See, I know shit. I just don't tell people this shit because, like, I just don't tell people this shit because they think I'm crazy. They're like, no, that didn't happen. Like, no, you're fucking stupid because you don't know what happens. See, I know this shit, okay? Like, it, all these it people really... I know are good and take, like, granted, yeah, it's nice having a lot of fans, but it's like, why? Because as soon as the Bills become bad, which, granted, it's going to happen for every single team no matter if you're good for five years or 15 years or 20 years, like the Patriots were. Like oh yeah. I mean, how back. many Patriots, fa- how many Patriots fans have become uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans because of Brady? Exactly. Like th- they hopped off that bandwagon real fast. Um, uh, so, uh, and it, it, but the thing is though, is I want to go back into like how the national media perceives the Buffalo bills. They really don't give the bills the respect that they, that the team deserves. But the thing is though, is like, what really pisses me off, is a lot of people get uh, and yeah we're allowed to get mad at analysts i'm not saying that i haven't i'm not going to say that you haven't because clearly we have we have made fun of analysts on this podcast we have made fun of networks on this podcast we have made fun of shows on this podcast because of their outlandish and blasphemous bullshit that spews out of their mouth Stephen a smith um uh but i mean what really annoys me is that a lot like don't take it too seriously you really don't need to take it too seriously in my honest opinion because when when you really look at who's talking the shit it's clickbait people it's people that just take and speak and spew shit for clickbait honestly i mean yeah nick right people uh, people were have been calling out nick right left and right people were calling out collinsworth left, left and right which i mean i i'm understanding of that because he called a terrible game he was only uh he was biased for one team and it showed but then you have like people <laughs> calling out like random people i saw somebody calling out colin cowherd and i'm like why is colin cowherd have to do with any of this like he has nothing to do with this <laughs> game right now Somebody tweeted out, get Colin Cowherd off the mic. I'm like, what? They must have been a little confused. Uh, no, Yeah, fake fans that don't know exactly what they're talking about. And then they go out and tweet, like, and then they went out and tweet, like, after Buffalo scored off that long drive there. Uh, uh, what do you think of us now? Haven't we played anybody yet? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Shut the fuck up. You right, don't like, know I didn't, like, like I said, like, I didn't want to, like, I didn't bring up this game in the beginning when we started talking about the NFL because it, clearly it's a good win against a good team. But there's still a lot of season left, and people are like, and people are like, well, when I see the pictures of last year, like people are like, people are like, we got a redemption when they're putting the pictures up of last year of Stefan Diggs watching the. Uh, you didn't get watching, redemption. You beat them in a regular exactly, season that's, game that's in the, the middle thing. of the season. We beat them in a meaningless, not, not a meaningless game because all wins are big wins. But guess what? We didn't beat them in a meaningful game yet. We didn't make it to a Super Bowl. They beat us no, last but- year to go to the Super Bowl. So when people are like, oh, we got a redemption. No, there's not redemption. It's we want we want a game on, on the road to do what we want to do and, and exactly make the Super Bowl. you didn't exactly you didn't see Ravens fans be like oh we act, oh you didn't see Ray oh, I mean you probably did see this from some Ravens fans but not all Ravens fans when they won in week two against the Chiefs it's like oh we're we're oh we finally we finally we finally beat the Chiefs you know we want like we like we're finally able to get the monkey off our backs blah 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 I mean yeah that the media tried to make it out the case to be that but. The fans were just happy that they were able to win a game that they probably had no that especially since they, the home has had the Ravens number for the number. past three years. And he's had the Bills number too. I yeah, mean, exactly. but the when is, people are making a bigger deal, it's like, yes, it's a good win. 
But guess what? You need to win games in the NFL to make it to the playoffs. Guess what? It wins don't mean anything in the regular season if you don't win in playoffs. Exactly. If you can go beat the Chiefs in the playoffs if they make it that far because I'm not – They're not going to. Because this That's team has a lot of question marks right now with them. It's like it, it, it's meaningless. It's, oh, it, exactly. It's, not, it, it's just another stepping stone. I don't exactly. want to make anything bigger than it One is. One week because, at a time. Yes. Granted, it's always a big one when you play another big name in the NFL, big name team in the NFL. But guess what? It's a stepping stone. It's nothing more, nothing less. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you and I will have to talk about for a while about like how, whether or not the fan, like, you know, fake fans, real fans, all this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the national media will be calling. Everybody will call them out. It does. It did kind of get annoying towards the end. I kept seeing all the tweets and everything, which is why you probably saw my tweets. And I'm like, oh, well, no, you did see my tweets because you replied. And I'm like, I do find I found it hilarious. Like, I really did because I'm just like, stop, like, you know, just enjoy the game. Just watch the game. Just enjoy the fact that you're beating down a team that I mean, let's be like, if you actually knew a thing or two about football, you didn't think that would turn out that way. Like. I honestly thought, even though the Chiefs' defense was terrible, I was expecting a shootout. Yeah, I was expecting high. a shootout as well. I mean, I like I told you, I had question marks about our defense because we played nobodies. Yeah, you like, played people, like granted, like yes, like two shutouts is impressive. Don't get me wrong, because the teams are playing; their players are still being paid to play as well. Yeah, so two shutouts is impressive, but I, I took it with a grain of salt because of who we played. Exactly. Exactly. Like everybody was like, oh, this team is legit. This team is legit. And I'm not trying to shit on anything like right now. But the thing is, though, is like if the Buffalo Bills ended up losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, I was ready to be an insufferable asshole at everybody on Twitter because like because of how they literally just don't actually pay attention to how the league operates. Because, yeah, there are a lot of fans. There are a lot. Yeah, there are a lot of smart fans. And this is for all sport for all teams and all sports. But there are a lot of dumb fans, too. And because I live in an area that is heavily, heavily loves their football team because their hockey team sucks. And for nine months out of the year, a lot of people don't have any, don't find joy in doing any other things. And if you don't like that comment, I don't give a fuck because how I'm, I feel like I'm right there. They literally wait until football season to start. But the thing is though, is like, there are a lot of fan, dumb fans, especially on social media. And all they do is just shit on other teams and they just, uh, and yeah, you can like talk about how bad other teams are, but don't be a complete asshole and just downplay the rest of the league. Like, especially if it's only in week five, I was getting ready to be an insufferable asshole to a lot of people. And, and I didn't, would not have cared at the end of the night, but I'm glad that the bills won because I do think that the chiefs are frauds. And I'm also sick and tired of uh, everybody praising that Kermit the frog talking motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like you like you just said, you're happy we won, but guess what? We still have. I, I'm bad at math. Do the math for me. Four, 12, 11 more. Twelve. Games? Twelve. Twelve. Okay, thank you. For Twelve more, more games. Twelve more games. I'm bad okay, at math, so, so I can't do it. I, I would have had to pull out my calculator, so it took me a minute or two. <laughs> but um, I'm serious. I'm not that good at math. But, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing. I'm just, I'm just uh, taking. But no, it's like there. yes, good win. But guess what? On the next week now, we've got to go play Monday night against the Titans. But I do have my one my, my one thing that I hate about the Bills being good. I can't stand sitting around and waiting for my team to play the night games. I hate sitting there through the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games when my team doesn't play. The only, that's the one issue I have with the Bills being good. 
See, it's great where I'm prime time, but I miss my one o'clock games. But the thing is, though, is like unlike a lot of people, like we are football fans. We we are fans of the sport. Like we're fans of the sports, but fans of our team first, then fans of our teams. In my opinion, so we'll sit. So you'll sit. You're, we're going to sit there waiting for our teams to play. We'll watch whatever games. I mean, I mean, sometimes we won't. Not sometimes we won't because, like, if you've got better things to do. But let's be honest here. Nine times out of ten, you're doing that. Whereas every other, whereas like a lot of other fans, they're going to be like, wait, what? What do we do? Like, I don't. I've never been in this situation before. But how do you think I'm going to feel? The Giants have two Monday night football games coming up at the in the middle of the season. Um, so I'm going to have to wait until Monday night to watch them potentially lose because, well, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know that's, who's... that's the problem with you. I'm not trying to be mean to you guys, but like we, the Bills will probably win more games than the Giants this year. And so it's better to stay up for those games when there's a win rather than a loss because if the Bills would have came out and shit the bat on Sunday night and lost to the Lost to the Chiefs, I would have been miserable. Well, see, another thing too is I already know I'm going to be miserable after those Monday Night Football well, games. Well, you're prepared for it. Well, I mean, we're going into Kansas City, who I think are frauds, and we're also going into Tampa, who has defensive issues. But still, that's Kansas City, and Kansas City may be frauds in my opinion, but based on injuries and everything, because that game will be um, after Halloween. Uh, I don't know what the injury situation will be like. Wait, is it Kansas City or is it Tampa first? Uh, let me go and check here, actually, because even I don't know my own team. It is at Kansas City. The, uh, November 1st, we go into Kansas City. So let's see here. It's the 12th, one, two, three, two, and three weeks from yesterday. Oh, boy. Uh, I already know it. Boy. Oh, well, it's a whatever. I'm, I'm prepared for the season to – I'm just ready. I'm just, I'm just glad it's hockey season. I'll just get on that note there. <laughs> but uh, I think we covered everything in the, about about the National Football League, um, uh, you know. But but I do want to go into continuing of my calling out here. I do have a lot of people. I, I do have some people I want to call out. Uh, first off, I want to call out Aaron Boone because he's a terrible manager. The Yankee the Yankees are keen on bringing him back. Hal Steinbrenner, you're a fucking idiot for trying for even considering bringing him back. Okay. You should let Aaron Boone just go walk to San Diego because the Padres need a manager. I will personally drive Aaron Boone to San Diego myself if I have to, just to never see the hit, just to never see his scumbag face again because he's a terrible manager. Okay, the Yankees played terrible baseball after sweeping Boston in that in that uh, in that series at Fenway, and then they couldn't get and then couldn't get the job done, which is why they had to go to Fenway for the wild card, and that's the reason why the Red Sox are in the ALCS. Okay, and I also want to call out Andy Paiska. I love you, Paiska, but you're a fucking fraud too. Okay, you have no fucking clue as to what was going on. In the, regu- in the regular season before the postseason began for playoffs. And now you're on fucking Facebook just going on about how the Red Sox are in the ALCS. And then, of course, Yang Yu, we live rent-free in your head. He had to call out Yankee fans. He's like, Yankee fans are mad right now. And I'm thinking, and I really wanted to like comment, be like, you had no fucking clue what was going on a month ago in baseball. You were ready for football. You, <laughs> like, oh, my God. So I'm calling you out, you fucking fraud. And if you want to come on the cast to dispute this with me, I'd be more than happy to talk about it with you. 
Uh, a weekly okay. dose of fuck Paiska. <laughs> a weekly dose of no f- fucking fraud ass motherfucker. I love you, Paiska. I hope you're doing well, but you're a fucking fraud, okay? You just made the fucking band list. It's it's all right, Paiska. I'm care about I care about the MLB since probably July. That's because the Mets are a <laughs> organization. <laughs> But yeah, at, least, at, least I, at least I wasn't able to hop back on my team's bandwagon once yeah. the team's bandwagon. I'm going to hop on the bandwagon again next year once we start another miserable long run of not making playoffs. Fucking, uh, f- fucking, fucking uh, fraud-ass motherfucker. Uh, I'm just uh, going to start cheering for the Dodgers because they're always good. Fuck the Dodgers. <laughs> they, might, they, might, they might get eliminated tonight. They make it, it tonight. tonight. It, yeah, it's tonight. They play the Giants tonight, right? They play the Giants tonight in week four. And game four, I was going to say week four. Game four is tonight. <laughs> they play the Giants. They can get eliminated. The Astros eliminated the White Sox, too. So the ALCS is just going to be an insufferable amount of pain. Uh, I will not be watching it because, well, as a Yankees fan, fuck the Astros and obviously fuck the Red Sox. Um, the White Sox were frauds anyways, in my opinion, because the Central was terrible. And they played in a terrible division. Uh, every other team after them finished below 500, if I remember correctly. So I, I had a feeling that the White Sox weren't going to do good in the playoff in the postseason, anyways, because they could barely beat teams outside of the Central. So they had terrible. They had terrible. They had terrible luck playing the AL West and the AL East. So I saw this coming actually. Um, for the NL, I believe that the Braves. Um, could I believe that the Braves took game? I believe that the Braves ended up taking game four, and um, no, actually, they did not take game four. It is four four in the top of the seventh right now. Holy cow! Okay, so if no, the I'm, Braves, watching, I'm watching hockey right now, anyways. I no, I just switched over to the game because I had the hockey game on in the background too. But yeah, game. the break. It is a boring game. That's why I switched over to the baseball. I don't have sound either because I'm, but you know, so. Yeah, no. So if the Braves come, if the Braves win this game, they will go on to the NLCS and they'll play the winner of the Giants and Dodgers. And the Giants could also clinch tonight too. Um, so hopefully the Giants do clinch. I hate, I honestly just hate. The I don't. Dodgers. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean they're just. I'm watching the NL side. That's what money gets you. I'm watching the NL side, honestly. That's the only side of the postseason I actually want to watch because, like I said, I don't – because the Yankees lost, I can't stand anybody – I couldn't stand anybody in the ALDS. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I hate the White Sox. I did think that they were frauds, though. And now that the ALCS is happening, like, I don't want – like, that's in, that that's a seven-game series I do not want to watch. Who is so, it? Houston and the Red Sox. So – um, so Can we just hopefully. cheer for the MLB, MLB season to be canceled because of something stupid. Uh, yeah. What scandal? <laughs> what scandal do you want to make up about the MLB season? What's Manfred done? I'm gonna start calling him bomb threats to every game. Oh, you you are. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take prison time to have to get a winner of this. Oh series. Jesus Christ! Oh boy, <laughs> we make it canceled now. Fuck's sake. <laughs> we just make kidding. It for, for all intents and purposes, I am just kidding. There we go. Take what I say with a grain of salt, people. Please don't. Please don't take what he says with a grain. Well, take his takes with what he says with a grain of salt. Don't take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, no. Take that with a grain of salt. No, I. We're taking your. We're taking your. We're taking your takes with a grain of salt. We're not taking. Takes are great. Great, great, grain of salt, grain. Yes, I know, but I said my takes are great. Oh, the G R E A T, great. 
I'm glad you know how to spell, buddy, but yet you can't do math. That's that um, Catholic uh, education right there. <laughs> but um, uh, no, I mean, um, in terms of it, I, um, I, I, it's been it's been a good postseason. I mean, don't get me wrong. I haven't watched the AL side, but the NL side looks good. The NL side looks good. But um, I haven't uh, watched anything since the Yankees Red Sox game, to be honest. Yeah. That's fine. That's fair there too. I probably should. Ah, I probably shouldn't. I just love baseball too much. But it is. U.S. men's national team sucks on another on another hand as well. So, we play Costa Rica tomorrow. How am I supposed to watch the hockey and the U.S. men's national team at the same time? I would rather watch the hockey games tomorrow than watch us play Costa Rica because well, we, now we won- just played. I would too. Yeah, we lost to Panama. Berhalter's a fucking idiot. How do you expect Kellen Acosta and Sebastian Legette to actually do anything and contribute to the midfield? I mean, I understand, like, the squad rotation, but the thing is, though, is, like, they didn't have any energy out there at all on Sunday. Like, I didn't watch they most looked, of They looked dull and boring. Because it, was like, Ber- it looked like we were watching our World Cup qualifiers from four years ago. Oh, yeah. Trinidad and Tobago fuck's sake that was terrible but yeah no don't get me wrong honestly I mean I'm very I mean like we should still qualify for the world cup we don't need to top the group honestly we just need to finish in the top three but the thing is though is if they keep continuing performances like this it's going to be a long painful journey to qualification I mean I, I mean I always find CONCACAF annoying because well I mean the only sustainable places that we are playing in are our own home stadiums, wherever we play. And if we go to Can- and if and when we go to Canada and Mexico, once we go south of Mexico, the stadiums are piss poor. The atmosphere is piss poor. the The pitch looks like a section five. The pitch looks like a and Niagara Catholic had a better soccer field than any of those places. And Niagara Catholic had a terrible soccer field. I mean, it had a softball field on it for crying out loud, where where there was like one huge corner of the field, of the pitch that was all dirt and it was terrible. Um, and the grass was barely cut half the time too. So they'd only cut it like they'd cut it like every like three weeks or whatever. So we could have six games. We could have like three home games in a span of two weeks and. For those three games, the grass would be up to our ankles, but then they'd cut the grass in, like, the middle of the month, and then, like, maybe three, two or three more home games to close out the month, like, the grass would actually be normal. So, but, yeah, no. So, the pitches are terrible. They don't even have VAR in CONCACAF because the stadiums, like, the stadiums south of Mexico don't even have the technology to be equipped with VAR. So, that's a situation right there where, like, where you have Taylor Twelman, like, in the uh, first game against um, uh, Jamaica, he was calling out, um, he was calling out the referees for not uh, brandishing red cards and was wondering where VAR was. I'm like, Taylor Twelman, like, they don't have VAR like in the. They don't have VAR in Jamaica. They don't have VAR like in Honduras, El Salvador, Central America, and the Caribbean. They don't have the VAR in those countries because it's not technologically sound to equip those stadiums with it. So that's like why they're that. That's just like part of like why like Concacaf is in the shit. That's why you call I, it the Circus Calf. Circus Calf, Circus Cup. Let's go. But um, uh, that's why people say that like maybe the United States should try to. Uh, switch affiliations and move to UEFA. I'm, but I mean, like their qualification would be 10 times easier. I mean, Germany and Denmark just qualified over the past couple of days, finally, uh, because their groups are terrible. I mean, you have countries like San Marino, Liechtenstein, uh, Luxembourg, um, you know, small <laughs> countries like that. Like, why are they there? Like, 
World Cup qualifying in UEFA. They're, con- they're a country, mate. You got, you, they're a country. I, I, I know. Yeah, yeah, they're a country. I, I don't think know. the USA will qualify in UEFA, to be honest. That's why a lot of people want the US and UEFA, because they could easily qualify. No, I said I, I don't think they would. Oh, you don't think they would? No. Oh. I mean, if, they, if this, t- uh, the, my, you, me and you both know the issues that uh, Team U or the United States has with their soccer and their development with soccer players. Granted, we are feeling the best team we've had in a long time, but me and you both know the issues that this team has and this country has with their development of soccer players, and it can stem from just a lot of causes. So, I mean, you've gone oh, yeah. through before. Oh yeah, no, without a doubt, honestly, I mean. There's a lot of issues at hand there. It starts from the top down from there. Thanks. Hey, maybe we should just send all of U.S. soccer officials over to Newcastle and let them run Newcastle. I like the sound of that. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Newcastle, Newcastle, Spenzel. Newcastle gets taken over by a, a consortium fund from Saudi Arabia, and I feel like they'd still find a way to fuck it up, honestly. I mean, all, all joking aside and everything of how they're, like, trying to yeah, – uh, the jokes of, like, buy, signing – buying Messi, Ronaldo, Salah, De Bruyne, Holland, um, Varane, whoever – whoever, whatever top player you name, they're linked to now because of all the money that fund has. Um, I still feel like they'd find a way to completely mess it up because I was reading some things during the past couple of days about, like, who they would want to be as manager once they fire Steve Bruce – and the top two candidates they have are Graham Potter and Frank Lampard. Those are the two candidates I would want. <laughs> I mean, but like we said, um, with that much money, does it really matter who you have managing? I mean, I guess you could look at PSG, what they did with Pochlight or Pacino last year, and it's like maybe managing is bigger We when you have plenty of superstars. I mean, didn't they, who did they just, who did PSG just draw in their uh, Champions League group with uh, Neymar? Because Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi were all starting. Oh, they drew, oh, a few weeks ago, they, they drew Bruges. Yeah. And they so lost maybe, to. Maybe yeah. managing, like, clearly you're going to need a good manager for the team, but I just don't think those are the two guys I would want for that job. Well, I mean, there's Newcastle. I mean, I think in all seriousness, Newcastle was looking at a project here, not just like throwing money at it, not just oh, like no, throwing it's like, money. Is that going to take Newcastle one year to be good? It's going to be a growing process. But with this money, I do think that at some point within the next six to seven years, they will be a top four team in the Premier League. They definitely will be. They definitely will be. I mean, they are build. They are. They invest. That the consortium fund invested for the future. I mean, they have. They're gonna. They're probably going to improve their youth academies tenfold. They definitely are going to invest into their facilities as well. Who knows? Maybe they'll improve the stadium too. I mean, I don't know what. I don't know what. Saint, I don't know what. Uh, the situation is at uh, St. James's Park is, but obviously, like with that type of money, like you can actually like invest in your training facilities, your academies, your stadium, make it more state of the art, make it more modern. I mean, obviously, like who knows? Like obviously, like the fans are gonna have one have some input as to like that as well. Obviously, not towards the owners, but like the owners should probably could listen to the fans here. Um, unlike at some other clubs, um, uh, cough, cough, Arsenal, cough, cough, Arsenal, but um, uh, 
Another thing too is is like, yeah, I mean Newcastle right now. I mean, yeah, the takeovers complete and like they're nineteenth in the Premier League. If I'm hundred percent certain, they're nineteenth in the Premier League. If they're not nineteenth, they're eighteenth. They're in relegation right now. So the main focus for this team is getting out of relegation right now, and then you know figuring out like where they will finish at the end of the season in terms of Premier League survival. And then also depends on like how far they can potentially go in the FA Cup as well. Um, do you think they then, sign? Do you think they sign someone uh, in the January chance window? Though? Do you think they can't try to sign like a bigger name? If they try, if they actually sign anybody in the January transfer window, I will be surprised. I don't think it happened. Well, I think it could. I, I think I think they might try to sign one player, just be, yeah. like you said, just so they don't have to worry about that relegation battle. Imagine the fact. Imagine the scenes if they do sign Philippe Coutinho. Philippe Coutinho. I believe that. I. I mean, as much as I would love him back in Liverpool, I wouldn't want him. You wouldn't want him back in the Premier I League. Wouldn't. I. I don't care if he goes to Newcastle, whatever. But I just like you. You. You got to show loyalty to a club if you want to go back there. He showed no loyalty. Because he, he's never shown loyalty anywhere. I mean, he doesn't care about anything about himself. But I mean, like they. I've been seeing his name linked to Newcastle since the takeover, and I find that hilarious uh, in a way. But um, uh, I guess they're just linking him to the. I guess they're just linking him to Newcastle because Newcastle could just pay Barcelona a shit ton of money, and they would be able to, you know, clear away some of that de- that debt that they ha- that debt that they have. So it would definitely be interesting there. Um, but no, Newcastle. Um, who knows how how it'll play out? I mean, like I said, they could. And they could start challenging for trophy for major trophies in four years. They can completely shit the bed in four years for all I know. I mean, it's Newcastle. I mean, the fan good for the fans though. They finally got the Mike Ashley regime out. That like they were not fans of him over the years, obviously, because of relegations and then come and then promotions and then failed and then hiring and firing managers. It was like a revolving door. So, I mean, good for Newcastle and their fan base for the most part. It'll definitely be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and Paiska, I think I found a new team for you to be a bandwagon of if Newcastle start actually being good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Paiska does love to hop on the bandwagons. He does love to hop on the bandwagons. I mean, he's hopping on the he's been hopping on the Bills bandwagon. Oh, Paiska, fake fan, eh? I got to have some words with you. Nice time I see you. <laughs> Yeah, he's always about those bills. Oh God, I remember the days like, and say I remember the days in St. Dom's and um, uh, early days in Niagara Catholic. He talked about the Lions all the time. I'm like, Pisky, you're a Lions fan. <laughs> I would like to point out that when we're talking about bandwagons, me and Jeremy are not bandwagon fans of the Chicago Blackhawks. I know they say they're a second team, but me and Jeremy still follow the Sabers through and through and root for them. But when your team's that bad, you gotta like you gotta just cheer for someone else. We are not bandwagons. It's a, there's a difference between us hopping on a bandwagon and us cheering for our team while these. It's not like the Blackhawks have been good as of late, anyways. Exactly. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, like shit. I mean, I got. I I I mean, yeah. Okay. Like I did support the Blackhawks. Like yeah, I supported the Blackhawks in their three runs to the Stanley Cup. I mean, like you know, in their three runs to the Stanley Cup. And I mean, like I support, like I supported them. Like when they lost to the Canes, I was upset that they lost to the Canes. I was happy that they beat the Canes. I was happy they won the cup again. I was happy they won the cup in fifteen. I was happy 
you know, then I mean, like I was, I mean, like I thought Chicago had promise, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was annoyed that they didn't make the playoffs like uh, before the bubble playoffs. Then I was happy that they beat Edmonton. I'm like, let's go. Cause I've, cause I remember talking to you about that too. And I'm like, they're going to beat Edmonton. Well, yeah, I, I actually during that conversation. Yeah. Well, I was like, that was, that was a weird season with that bubble. Yeah, you could have made an argument for the Sabres making it to the bubble because the Sabres were, should have made the bubble. And I think what, they, they would have done a better points, job than the Three Rangers. points behind of Montreal and two game, and they had the Sabres had two games in hand on them. Meaning, for people that don't know what that means, basically the Sabres played two less games than the Canadians, and the Canadians were only up three points on us. It might have even only been two. It was only three, I believe. But yeah, that was two seasons ago now, and it feels like it's been forever. Although, ironically. Like, although I like it, it feels like forever ago. Honestly, I mean, um, uh, the see, like two seasons ago, like two seasons ago ended a year ended a year ago, like in hockey, and now like we're it, it, it's crazy. Like for hockey and even basketball, like a year ago around this time, like hockey was pra- hockey was just over two seasons ago, and we've gone through a whole full season in. And now we here we are in the second season. And like the concept of time is just so fucked right now, if you ask me, based on all that. Well, it's nice we're getting everything back to normal well in regards of the NHL and NBA just getting back to the regular start times. Yeah. Stuff because it definitely was weird having the NHL playoffs go into July. It was something new to get you it, yeah, it was yeah, it was July. It was something new to get used to. But it'll be, it'll be nice to have it end in June, just so you kind of get that. Uh, there was really no off season. No, there wasn't in anything. I mean, uh, now we're back to normal, which is good there. But um, uh, like we said, it was only two months ago that we were talking the finals, and now we're back here, and now we're talking about the start of the NHL season again. Exactly. It does suck for the players. Don't get me wrong, because they probably do need more time off. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I played. I played college basketball and like when like our season was like we would start practices in like September and like our season would end in like February, March time. And like that, like having that much time up was great. So I can only imagine them playing a full NHL season and only having like two, well, teams that made playoffs really only like two or three months to recuperate. Like granted for the Sabres, they had a longer time because we sucked. I mean, our off season was all last year, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it there. But, I mean, well, hey, things are getting back to normal. Um, we're in the swing of things. We're in October. We have – That's crazy to say. That's crazy to say 2021 is almost over. I know. It feels like it has – I know. 2020 went by started. so slow. Exactly. 2020 went by so slow. And then, like, this year, like, this year, like uh-huh. going by so fast. But, hey, we're in October. Postseason baseball, we're in the thick of it. We're in the thick of football season. Hockey season has just started. Uh, we're we're deep in. We're getting into the heart of the Premier League season. Basketball season is about to start. College football is in full swing too, with a lot of especially with all the upsets that's been happening. College basketball is going to be starting up soon too. Um, uh, but hey, I mean, I'm just excited for everything. I do want to say with this though. Um, I'm just glad Alabama lost to Texas A&M just to round out all the crazy upsets that have been happening. George is winning the national championship. Cincinnati is making the college football playoff. Um, as, long, were, as, long, if, as long as they win out. 
They have to run the table. One one loss, and you know that the committee's not putting them in. Well, the thing is, though, is if Alabama loses in the SEC championship to Georgia, um, uh, then they'll have two losses, and then they're screwed. Clemson is terrible. Notre Dame doesn't play. Notre Dame is an independent. They don't play a conference championship. They lost to Cincinnati. Their their loss was to Cincinnati, and it was a bad loss at home. Um, only way yeah. I could see since like like you like we said, the only way Cincinnati gets out is if they lose a game. Because yeah. Cincinnati does play an easier schedule than most of the teams, I think. But right now, just the way Georgia's defense has looked, they look oh, Georgia's the Georgia's, best team in college football. Georgia right looks unbeatable. Georgia no. is unbeatable. Don't get me wrong. I really do think that's the case there. I just would like to see uh the college football season is too crazy right now, not to for where I believe that if Cincinnati did run the table, they should be in the college football playoff. Because honestly, yeah, Michigan has been a shock to me because they're undefeated right now, but they will lose to Ohio State at the end of the regular season. That's going to be a given. They haven't beaten Ohio State in almost 10 years now. I don't, this year could be different. Ohio State's not that good this year. They are not that good. And our team that really annoys me is Oklahoma. They are frauds. I don't care that they haven't, I don't care that they haven't lost a game. They are frauds. They have barely beaten opponents. They I'm I am ups, I am upset that they lost that they came back and won against Texas, but Texas are also frauds as well. So I was gonna say the Texas Texas, everyone thought Texas was gonna be back this year. And I never it did. was obvious that Texas wasn't gonna be back this year. Um, never the back. only way Texas comes back is when they do make this move to the SEC. Just because they'll be getting more money to recruit and all this and that. Exactly. Exactly. Because all those big name players either want to go to they want to go to the big SEC schools because because the, the SEC is just they just flush out NFL players every single year. Pretty much. And then the, another team in the SEC that's surprising me, Kentucky. I mean, they're probably going to lose this week. They'll they lose this week, job. but yes, be, I did not. If you if, I, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season Kentucky would be six and zero, I would have called you a liar. Okay, <laughs> Kentucky basketball six and zero, maybe to start right. the season, right. but not Kentucky that. football. <laughs> Kentucky football six and zero. Who would have thought? Oh my God, who would have thought? That's crazy. It really is. I mean, see, look at that. October brings craziness. I mean, I, I am shocked though that they dropped Penn State so much from their. Well, no, because. During before the game, Iowa was three and Penn State was four, right? No, Iowa was four, Penn State was three. That's, that was a great game, though. That's right. I, I'm shocked they dropped Penn State so far down to seven. I, I thought for sure they would have been above Ohio State because I think the Alabama effect happened on that. If Alabama didn't lose, I think that they would have kept Penn State in the top five. But because Alabama lost to AM, I think because they dropped Alabama to five, they had to drop Penn State to seven. That makes sense. Because the thing is, though, is with the Alabama effect, I mean, Penn State, Penn State probably should have won that game, but because their backup quarterback came in and couldn't do anything, uh, I had like they had no chance after that. But what I found hilarious is that I understand Iowa's, Iowa being happy that they beat Penn State, but you guys were ranked, but like. No, don't even go into their family. How are you going to tell a bunch of drunk college kids not to rush the field after a big game? Like, I don't care. No, that's I don't care they, either. That's I just find it funny for. because Iowa was ranked higher than Penn. Iowa well, yeah, was but ranked that's what higher they, than I Penn mean, State. I, I don't because I mean it's a big. You're playing the number four ranked team in the 
country though. It's like oh, I know. I just found it funny there because like I, I, I hate field. the people that are like, oh, you got to be more professional. You guys. No, I'm not saying that they had to be more professional. You're not letting me finish here. I found it funny because Iowa was ranked. Usually, you rush the field when upsets happen. In my opinion, I always see when upsets happen. So like Iowa rushing the field, I did find it funny because they're ranked third and like. Penn State was ranked fourth. I'm like, wait, why are the fuck are they rushing the field? I know why they were rushing the field. They were happy. Also, to- the biggest win they've had in that stadium since what? Since they maybe like 2012. Uh, yeah, pro- I have no fucking clue, honestly. I don't. So that's the biggest win they've had in that stadium in a long in years. Time. In a long Especially time, yeah, since no. Ohio or Iowa hasn't been that great. No, they haven't. I mean, hey, I mean. <laughs> The only thing I liked about the because uh, they didn't they Iowa didn't get fined but tech, but uh, the SEC prohibits rushing the field so I mean that was a hundred thousand dollars that Texas A and M could not have cared less about. Yeah, if you if you beat Alabama, you deserve to rush the field. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the boosters from A and M will pay it happily. Mm-hmm. Considering, uh-huh. considering all those boosters are multimillionaires, anyways. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's exactly how it is. All right. But, you know, I, I find it, this is the first time we've talked about college football on the pod. Yeah, it is. I mean, normally college football is the same every year, though. you got Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. And then maybe Notre Dame, and that's about it. Yeah. But Clemson is that exciting ter- this year? Clemson is terrible. Clemson sucks. Ohio State sucks. Ohio State sucks. Oklahoma are frauds. Uh, Alabama lost. This might be the uh, best. Georgia might have the best college football team ever. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, right up. I mean, potentially up there. I mean, Notre it Dame is jokes. <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about them because I'm a Notre Dame fan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, inconsistent is the word. Inconsistent is the word. They we deserve- got to get into a conference. Need to. Yes, agreed. I agree there. But we should talk more. We should talk college football more on the pod. I really think we should. And college, and college basketball. Do you follow college? How, how much college basketball do you follow? I know you don't give a shit about the NBA, but college basketball. Uh, last two years, I haven't followed it. If you would have caught me when I was playing basketball and in high school and stuff, I followed it like crazy. I couldn't tell you who the best teams are now. Okay, that's fine. But we we I want to do more college. I want to do more college sports talk on the pod. That's what I, yeah. I really think. We I think we could start doing that more because like that. Can we, we, can you, we start recapping Jr. Smith's golf rounds every weekend since he's a he's a college golfer? He got attacked by a yellow by a, a nest of yellow jackets today. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. I saw that. I was like, wait, what the fuck? I saw it. He was uh, he was like plus seventeen after two rounds or something like that. Yeah, he's very really good. But he did pull he's, up in a Bentley, so it's fine. He's he's worse than me. He no, may be worse. He he shot an eighty-one. Like I would kill for an eighty-one. Oh no! Wait, yeah, no, he, yeah, no, I golf on nine. He golfs at eighteen. Yeah, he's much better than me. But um, uh, he's better. He's also better than uh, he's also better than my friend that uh, worked the Ryder Cup too. My friend that worked the Ryder Cup well, told just, me he just got call, just, just calling him out right now. <laughs> I'm calling him out too. I'm calling everybody out. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm done here. I'm. I. I. I've got a list. I. But um. Uh, yeah. He golfed the um. Uh, Whistling Straits course after the Ryder Cup, and he also got out of working the Ryder Cup a week. Like he also got out of tearing down the um. Uh, what did he shoot at Whistling Straits? He shot in the hundreds. He shot like uh. He shot like in the in the one hundreds. He shot uh like I think he shot like maybe. 
110 ish, maybe 110, maybe one, 110 to 120, something around there. I would, but I he's, would shoot there, whistling straight, especially in the Ryder Cup, because they're probably showing the Ryder Cup conditions. I would, uh, yeah, I would shoot, but the only I would thing shoot is, down there too. That's a tough course. It is, it is. Uh, I think maybe a 110, 120. I'm not like he mentioned it to me once, but I don't think I, I think he also may have been exaggerating too, because like he we went golfing to rate at Raven at Ravenwood out in Victor. Um, uh, back in June, I think. Mm-hmm. And we both shot a 65 through nine holes and he was talking about how good he is and everything. I'm like, no, you're fucking terrible if you're tying me. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, but yeah, so that's why I was calling. See, I'm calling everybody out. I don't care. <laughs> Paiska, you made the list. Bowden, you made the list. Um, uh, let's see. Who else did I call out here? Uh, fake, fake fan, fan fake fans. Well, fuck you. I don't care. Chris Collins, Chris Collins were Chris. See, one more thing about that man. I knew he was a terrible announcer, anyways. So everybody that was watching that game clearly never watched Sunday Night Football a day in their lives before before watching the Buffalo Bills, and that's what really. Uh, the worst do. announcer ever is Booger McFarland. Hey, the Booger Mobile is iconic. Okay, uh, I cannot stand. Let's see. I, I, I was. I has <laughs> my least favorite games to watch is when he's calling them. Oh, I know. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But um, uh, do you have any other final thoughts today, sir? No, we had a long one here. I was about to say we've been going for a long time here. It is. Yeah, we have. Well, we had, we had, we had, we had ground to make up after last week. Yeah, we did. I, I wasn't. I mean, Pittsburgh was a given, but I wasn't expecting to be. I wasn't expecting to be in the fucking hospital for twelve hours on Friday, on Friday and Saturday. I wasn't yeah, be better that. next time. Huh? So it'd be better next time. I'll be better next time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll be better. I'll be better. I, I'll promise to keep my health in check. Appreciate but, it. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Fuck you, asshole. But with that being said, that concludes a long episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. You can listen to us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform, whatever it is. You can also follow us on Twitter at LHS Podcast 2021. I have not been active on Twitter. I do apologize. Like I said, last week was crazy. We'll get better. I'll get back to that as soon as I can. But until the next episode, everybody just keep on keeping on.